You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. Welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Thanks for joining me. Uh, this is our Christmas, uh, final Christmas, I guess, straight shooting podcast. Yes. Because it's coming to the end of the year. And we've got Mario Vlatko with us again. G'day, Jace. Uh, g'day, everyone. Welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast. This is the end of year podcast. Uh, we're here recording it. Uh, at the moment, it is the 15th. Yeah, no, 16th, yeah, 16th I think. 16th today. December. 16th December. So, um, guys, sorry about the long wait. It's been a long time in between podcasts. A lot has transpired. So, we're going to discuss a few things, and uh, I guess uh, I'll let you take it away, Jason. What have we got yep. first up? Uh, we've got, don't forget, you can obviously check us out on the website, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au, twitter.com forward slash ahpodcast, and jump on our Facebook page, just hit 10,000 likes, that's pretty good as well, 10,200 I think it is now, so uh, facebook.com forward slash australianhuntingpodcast. Of course, most people download us from iTunes, so you know if you've got an iPad, iPhone, or as i goodies you can actually download it there um or you can just download it and put it on your you know your android phone your ipod you name it you can put it on whatever you like um probably this is going to be our last show i'm actually i think mars has got a lot coming up over christmas yep uh, i'm going to queensland to see some family and then heading down to uh, malacuda in the new year uh just before the end of the new year into the new year uh, to go fishing so hopefully for three weeks in malacuda again great place if you haven't been to malacuda it's in victoria just south of eden in new south wales and uh awesome brim fishing flathead only about a thousand people live there i think muzz so it's mm. uh pretty busy in summer though you get about ten thousand people on the caravan for sure you know really great place to go uh we're probably going to start off muzz i think we've got a few um itunes comments yeah and some, uh, so, some emails from listeners. Yeah, so we're going to go through. We'll start off with that like we always do. Then we've got some voicemails as well, some awesome voicemails from a few people, so we'll play those as well. This one's from Jace of Beard. So it kind of sounds like me because my name is Jason and I've sort of got a beard. So November 21st, 2015. Love this, especially the deer hunting chats. So thanks, Jace. Then we've got V-G-double-B-D-double-V. <laughs> Hang on, VGBBDVV, November 30, 2015. I've been hunting since I was a boy, and every episode I learn more and more. Uh, we as hunters need more people like you to show the public that we aren't criminals and that hunting and shooting are fun and challenging sports. Thank so, you, VJBB. <laughs> DVV. Good on you, mate. <laughs> uh, Robinator. Robinator1969. The Robinator. Yeah, so is that like Batman and Robin? I'm not sure, but... Uh, what a great podcast, as my shooting interest has gone in different directions from target shooting to gearing up for deer and now fox. I'm able to go back and find in-depth interviews on these subjects. Fantastic show, guys. Keep up the great work. So thank you, Robinator1969. That was on December 4th, 2015. So if you want to jump on iTunes, please do. We'd actually love to hear from you, love a comment on our iTunes page for the podcast, that'd always be appreciated. Well, they gave us good ratings too, Jase. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, heaven forbid, five stars for all three of them. So I think we've got, you know, obviously a lot of people listen to it from different areas. Some people don't have iTunes accounts, so we've got 104 comments, which is five stars, uh, three stars. Uh, sorry, sorry, yeah, three at four stars. 
Um, we've got two votes at three stars, which is, well, I guess it's average. Not bad for two, I guess. Yeah. Um, zero two stars and zero one star. Thank God we haven't hit a one star just yet because you get at least one here and there of someone that you know likes to poke a bit of fun, just leaving a malicious comment for God knows what reason. So we haven't had that yet. But generally, it's been like pretty much 99% uh, great uh, feedback. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what we love. I mean... Uh, kind of a little bit boring. I'd love to uh, get someone to challenge us on a lot of yeah. things because it'll it'll get the brain thinking and it'll get yeah. to uh, get a bit of uh, I guess controversial conversation yeah. on, which I'm always up for. So, and but that's good anyway. Uh, great feedback from all the listeners. Thank you very much, guys, and we really appreciate you guys listening. Continue to listen. Yeah, and what I want to talk about too. I think we've, you know, the direction of the show. I think Muzz as well, like Muzz from yeah. Muzz getting on board. Um, you know. It's interesting how when I first started, I think most people would agree that, you know, we st- I started a bit green, you know, just interviewing people and, you know, it's a build up into this huge thing now, this huge podcast, which, you know, is, is kind of shocking really because I never thought it would have become what it has become now. And the more the years go on, you know, the more we're asking questions, whether it be of the anti-hunters or anti-shoot, anti-gunners or whether it be of our political parties or whether it be of other shooters making comments, you know, we, we've, we've got five years worth of knowledge there more knowledge and more you know you, you see things i see things a lot differently now than i did you know say five years ago when i first started and you know some people say oh you know it's big on politics and i said well yeah gun rights are very important for number one and number two i started this very early on with you know robert borzak from the shooters and fishers party john tingle the founder of the shooters party yeah, interviewed um, all them yeah. yeah all those people and um, yeah a lot of different stuff as well like a lot of people that were around in 1996 when the gun laws changed um, so we, we did a lot of stuff, and it's just developed all the knowledge we've had. So what we're going to do now, guys, we're just going to get into our voice ma- sorry, our listen- oh, sorry, listener emails. So we'll just jump onto those right now. And the first one is from Michael. Awesome work, Michael. G'day, Michael. Um, and thanks, everyone, for the support. Anyone that listened to episode 100 at the start, I don't think Muzz listened to it, so thank God he hasn't listened to it yet. It got a little bit emotional at times on the things that why I started this show and everything. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, kind of an interesting thing. So no one really gave me crap about it. So, <laughs> but he goes, I listened no, to good. you. I listened to your show while working as a rubbish truck driver and like the interviews with political and government officials. Also, the WA lawyer was a good one as I live in Metro WA, but grew up in a mining town near Kalgoorlie and loved to hunt goats, rabbits, foxes. But since moving to the city, it makes it hunting difficult uh, also, when you got emotional about your past, I've got to say it brought a tear to my eye. But your show is fantastic, and I hope you continue for many years. Catch you later, Jason. Good stuff. So Yeah, great. Great email. So thanks, Michael. We uh, try and do the best that we can. You know, there's, Don't forget, guys, a lot more hunting coming up. We're going to have a lot more podcasts on hunting. Uh, we're gonna do, I'm already speaking to some guys now about some advanced duck hunting, some advanced pig hunting stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about equipment. I've got one coming up in the bush. Uh, Keston Green, um, who was on the ABC RN radio about a month ago with Samantha Lee and a few people defending sort of, you know, the statistics. This is going to be a statistics-related podcast on the effects of the legislation from 96. Yep. So that's good. Uh, I just recorded, so I can say this one now, I just recorded an interview with Daniel Young, Shooters and Fishers Party from Victoria. Um, so we've got lots coming. You got lots coming up, and we just heard Ricky Muir as well. If you listen to the yes. Ricky Muir podcast, your what recent you, interview, Jason. What do you think of the Ricky Muir podcast? Anyway, well, I'll reserve my comments for later on, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> well, I'm guessing that's probably uh, not a good thing. We I'll, haven't had I'll, much. Of I'll it. reserve my comments for later on. But look, uh, guys, there is so much uh, coming up in the future, 
as you know, myself and Jason have spoken about this many times. We could do a show every week. Yeah. Every week without fail. With the amount of news coming from around the globe, we really have to just try and focus on the things that I guess are most interesting to our listenership and most uh, relevant to Australia. So we like, like to put in a little bit of international news every now and then because it's good to know what other people are doing in other countries. But if we had to do that, we'd, be, we'd have a show every week without a doubt. And uh, just so much news and content coming all from, from across the world. And even just recently, Jason, there was that terrorist attack in America at San Bernardino. And uh, those sort of things going on all the time. And then all of a sudden, it started immediately into a gun control debate. And then they, when they found out they were radical uh, Muslim, it was all, all of a sudden a terrorist attack. It changed from yep. gun control to terrorism. And yep. it just shows you um, how the left in po- of politics are really, really trying to destroy our rights. They're trying to destroy the Second Amendment. Um, they're, they're, they're gunning for it so hard. Obama, I mean, he would just love to sign executive orders to wipe out the Second Amendment, but he, he knows you'll never get away with it. Americans are buying guns like you would not believe. Yeah, I think um, there was something like about 148,000. No, no, 100, on Black Friday, yeah. 185,000 something, something background yeah, checks well, in one day. One of the biggest in history, they yeah. reckon, biggest in history. Or Can you imagine just say 90% of the people, because normally you only do a background check if you're purchasing the firearm. So let's say 90% of those firearms were sold, man. Yep. That's, you know, 160,000 plus, 455,000 firearms, yep. you know, sold to people just in one day. Just in one day. I know. One day. For those of you who don't know what Black Friday is in the United States, it's a massive uh, day of sales throughout all the shops. And uh, the biggest, the, well, some of the hot ticket items were, you know, your AR-15s and, and, and so on, uh, personal protection firearms in the United States. Uh, Americans are buying guns at literally alarming rates and that's you know that's coming from me you know <laughs> you're talking like americans ever since obama's been in power they've bought over 50 million firearms just imagine Unbelievable. that we've got three million in in the whole country they've bought 50 million just in the time that obama's been in charge so it's just phenomenal numbers i mean every time that president opens his mouth americans run for their guns it's pretty much that's what's going on and it's uh you know um uh, interesting stuff too jason developing american politics as you know donald trump's been outspoken on a lot of things and we'll bring you bring you some of that stuff later on in a in a future podcast uh we'll make a, a bit of a compilation to let you know some of the things that donald trump's been saying but anyway jason we're going to continue on with uh more of our um emails and a lot, a lot of, and some of our voicemails all right guys we're going to go now to another uh email from alfie G'day, so, Alfie. Yeah, awesome one. from Really good one for Alfie. Thanks. So I really appreciate that. Hi, Jason. Just wanted to say thank you. I just listened to your episode, oh, so 100th episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. It's not a thank you for the show, but a huge thank you for your introduction to the show. To hear the hurt and passion in your voice put that extra human element that is missing from people in life. I'm a Black Saturday bushfire survivor or victim. I'm a normal person who unfortunately went through something extraordinary. I lost my home and buried some friends. I lost my way after the fire. I met someone I wanted to marry and it fell apart, which just added to what the fire had already caused my life. I suffer from PTSD and after growing through all of that, I lost my way for a few years. I eventually had my guns taken off me for my own safety. 12 months later, I got them back and started my road back to a new and different normal life. About two years ago, I stumbled across the Australian Hunting Podcast. 
it became one of the few things that was good therapy for me. All I knew was hunting, not the political side. Your shows has helped me in my recovery. You have shown me that we have to fight for our sport and passion. You have inspired me to write and email my politicians. Jason, thank you so much for what you have done for me and people like me. Your reach is far and wide across this great country of ours. Keep up the awesome work you do. Cheers, Alfie. Wow. Yeah, what not bad, Alfie. What a fantastic Alfie. email. Good on you, Alfie. Yeah. Thank you very much Mate, for I'm that. glad you got your... Uh, I mean, this is, and this is what I'm talking about, too. This is what, and a very interesting topic, actually, just quickly. You know, people think, you know, someone has a mental illness, they shouldn't own firearms. I think there's two different things here. Obviously, people that have a mental illness that want to kill people, to me, is a major problem. Okay? Yeah. Or to me, is a major people problem. People are psychotic. Psychotic. People like Alfie, okay, he... he See, that's what happened to him. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, Could, yeah, suffering from post-traumatic stress, uh, stress disorder. disorder obviously, which is he's not wanting to kill anyone, obviously. So I mean, he, in, in a different way of putting it, he's, he's suffering from a fair bit of depression. Probably yeah, too, exactly. So. But these top, these people, like once he sorted out, yep. he got his firearms back, which is yep. the way it should be. You yep. know what I mean? We're talking, people you know, People go through things in life. There's hard times. There's you know broken relationships. There's you know, people die. What Alfie went through, and you know, it's it, it's it's okay, and it's okay. I don't. I'm glad he got his firearms back. He's obviously on the road to recovery, and that's the way it should be. It shouldn't go against him. And those types of mental issues are not the types of issues that you know six psycho shooters are out there trying to kill people and cause you know mass mayhem. So, yep. good on you, Alfie. Uh, you inspire us with your strength, mate. Well done, and keep listening to the podcast. All right, we got another email from Barry which is a pretty good one and it's a good idea actually a very good idea it says dear Jason and Mars this has been bugging me for quite some time uh, this is the Goodyear sacking of David Waters which you know we know about who yeah. you know he, he had a firearm and well, someone brought in a firearm no charges were laid they fired him from Goodyear and obviously there's been a bit of a backlash then it says Dream World and the cancellation of the Naira Christmas party a few years ago are two examples I know this is, this has been floated before but some or all of the major shooting hunting and four-wheel drive and fishing organizations should set up uh, on their website a list of companies that have shown anti-attitudes. I'm not saying Mm. that you should say don't deal with them. I'm saying list the companies with a link as to why they are anti and let the members decide whether they want to deal with them or not. It's about time we've got some big kahunas. Regards, Barry. So good point, mate. Well, Barry, well done. Uh, Good points there. Yes, um, I guess... Unfortunately, sometimes we are in a state where we have to fight for our survival. And uh, I guess the only way to fight is with our people power. And we've got almost a million gun owners in the country. And why shouldn't we use that? I mean, if people are going to, um, I guess, give us a bad rap for no reason whatsoever, other than their you know, uh, prejudice against gun owners, uh, then yeah, absolutely. Um, we should definitely uh, pull together and give them stick. Uh, or at least avoid their products. I mean, these these people are just, um, you know, they don't like us purely because of who we are. We're hunters. We're shooters. And, you know, it, we're, no one would accept that uh, kind of, um, I guess, uh, uh, discrimination. So it's just disgusting, really, I think. And in, in, in reference to that Gucci uh, case, I mean, they, they sacked the bloke. Uh, because um, he bought one of his firearms. No, it was someone bought a firearm. Yeah, someone bought a firearm to his uh, place of, bringing, of work. Yeah, instead of bringing the part to look at, she bought the whole rifle. Someone saw yep. it. Someone called the cops. It was in the car park. It was it not was like she was, park. you know, carrying the rifle up to the office <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> hey, check this out, David. You know? this. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it was. Uh, I think it was just disgusting behaviour. Really, I mean, uh, to treat a, a great employee like that is uh, it's horrible. So. 
we definitely shouldn't put up with it. No, we shouldn't no. put up with it, and we should name and shame those who treat us, you know, poorly, purely right, because Barry. of their own, you know, purely because of their own uh, anti-gun beliefs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well done, Barry. Thanks for your email. Yeah, Carlos, Carl, episode one hundred. Bloody loved it. It was something different, but that's what made it special. Can't wait for the next one. I'm definitely addicted. Wow. From Carlos. Good on you, Carlos. Thanks very much. Keep listening. All right. Another one from uh, one of our dedicated listeners, Simon. Loved your intro to episode 100, Jays. It's great to share those stories with everyone. Who knows? Someone might listen to that story and you might save them too. So glad you went down that path of creating uh, AHP rather than any grim alternatives. You're an absolute legend, mate. Keep up the good work. Good on you, Simon. Yeah, Excellent. Simon, Great. thanks very much, mate. We know you're a dedicated Jason, listener. You, you've hit some home runs with that episode 100, If mate. I knew well this done. was going to get people excited, I would have been a, a, bit of a, a bit of a wimp more often. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, guys, just kidding. All right, another one. Shagger. I don't think that's his real name on Facebook here because <laughs> Shagger, Shagger Laid, Laidlaw. It could be, and if it is, I'm totally sorry. That's probably sounds, it could actually be here. Um, but if it's not, good day, Jace. Just had the chance to listen to episode 100. Just wanted to say a massive thank you. I'm going through the same thing at the moment and nearly gave up. Listening to the start of the episode has given me hope and there is light at the end of the tunnel. And although it hurts like hell sometimes, great things come from it once again. Thank you and keep up the good work. Shagger. Well, there you go. Nice work from Shagger. All right, another good one from um, Ben. Uh, hi, Jason. I just thought I'd shoot you a message. I'm a big fan of the page for a while. I only started listening recently, and already you have me fired up to be proactive. I've become a member of the SSAA. I plan to sign up to their farmer assist program and start getting new people into shooting. On top of that, thank you for such a great podcast and being so inspiring. Thank you, Ben, mate. This is, geez, these, geez. these are coming thank you all very out much, of the ben. woodwork. Great, great email. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Really appreciate that one. All right, and another one, Brent. Good one from Brent. Hi, Jace. Good work on your 100th podcast. You're killing it. Look forward to your podcast. The reason for the message is I have a really good candidate for your next Everyday Hunter. His name is Tim Hives. He would be a very interesting bloke to interview. He has a family station up in the NT. That is, from memory, about a million acres. Wow. I guess he's having a great time up there. When he's up there, based in Victoria, he's the head stockman where they breed buffalo. He's a hunting guide up there for overseas and local clients wanting to hunt buffalo, pigs, and anything else in Arnhem Land. Being only a select few that can guide legally in these areas makes him a valuable, I think. But his real passion is hound hunting. Sounds fun. Wow. Here in Victoria and does this every weekend in winter. Knows a lot about training his hounds and his knowledge for Samba Deer is elite. Has also been over to New Zealand to hunt tar and pigs. Uh, has a funny story about taking his Mrs. Pig hunting over there also. Hmm. Brent, sounds great, mate. I highly recommend him. Keep up the good work. Wish there were more blokes like you. Thanks, Brent. Really appreciate it. Very, Thank very you, good email. Excellent. All right, guys, there's all our listener, yeah, some Facebook messages, our listener emails, and I uh, just want to thank all the people that uh, you know, put the time to you know, send all their thoughts in on the email. If anyone wants to leave us a voicemail, please jump on the website, right-hand side or near the scroll bar. You'll see this big logo that says leave a voicemail. You can do it on your iPhone, your laptop, yep. smartphone. You can do it on your desktop computer. Um, I find most people are doing it from their smartphones, and yeah, 99% of people have got them. Well, I shouldn't say that, but most people do. Mm. You can go on the website. Site, click the button, record your minute and a half, you know, message, and um, yep. we'll listen to it. If you disagree with us, let us know because we please. We, yes. Yeah, we haven't had anyone disagree with us. Maybe we're just saying oh, the we've right had, things. We've had one or two, you know, yeah, true. Uh, but not 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 enough. I not mean, enough. Yeah. <laughs> or if you, pro- we'd, lo- we'd love some uh, 
confrontational discussion. Yeah, or if you've got something you want to talk about, a topic that interests you, please, we'd like to discuss it too. Like We love uh, listeners writing in, sending in voicemails, so uh, we really, really appreciate it. Well, so. I've got to say, Jason, I mean, uh, your 100th episode has prompted a lot of emails. Yeah. So you've really, really uh, struck a nerve, I think, yep. and uh, that's great. Listeners are responding, and you're quite inspira- inspirational, I'd, I'd say, because, I mean... It's good that you're inspirational on the podcast because hunting with you is uh, anything but. Uh, <laughs> is that so, because I was sleeping on the goat hunting trip? It was, wasn't it? Muzz comes back, he's got blood on his that, hands. And I'm, like, I'm like, it's 9.30 in the morning. Who's waking me up this early? Come on, man. No, but seriously, no, thanks. If I've, if I've missed anyone, I'm really sorry, guys. I mean, I'm just trying to go. It's hard because I get so many emails on the on the website, on the Facebook page. It's hard to keep on top. And sometimes trying to delete some that come in that I've already responded to and keep the good ones that can mm. get on top of you, especially when you – and then try and manage the – yeah, the, the Gmail page as well, the Australian Hunting Podcast at gmail.com if you want to write into us. Uh, trying to manage that and get them all in my box. And it just takes a lot yep. of work, guys. So if I've missed anyone, I'm truly sorry. Feel free to send it to me again and I'll make sure I've yep. got it. So we're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Do you have dull, blunt, or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp. We use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410-432-852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. Spiker are Australia's largest brand of gun safes, shooting accessories and hunting gear and are owned and operated here in Australia. Spiker gear is now nationally recognised as the number one choice for all Australian hunters and shooters. Head to your local gun shop and check out Spiker's quality gun safes and equipment. Visit spiker.com.au and get outside. For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and hobbies gun cleaning products. Visit redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or call Greg on 0415 495 712. Red Fox Outdoor Supplies, the only real choice for Bushnell hunting equipment. All right, one of the voicemails now. Uh, This one, this is going to tie into our next segment. And uh, this one's from Johnny. Yep, Johnny Um, H. Johnny H. G'day, Johnny. We're having a bit of a laugh at his name, but we want to try and keep it you know, a bit under wraps, obviously, but um, very interesting uh, voicemail from Johnny H. So what we're going to do, first off, we're going to play that because this is going to go into what we're going to be talking about probably the next 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, I think. Uh, some things have got to be said. Um, you know, we always said on the show, didn't we, Mars, that would regardless of sponsorships, regardless of people paying us money, we will always say what we think. You know, just because people pay me money doesn't mean you can buy what I'm going to say. And I think it's important that we need to you know, be yep. honest, don't we, Mars, about what, what we've well, heard look, the last couple of weeks. Well, we've had a lot of, of sponsorships. And let's be clear, the people who sponsor us uh, pay for advertising. 
Yeah. Okay. And 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 they donate money to the show for the purpose of supporting the show, supporting our views, and essentially to uh, advertise their products. And we make it absolutely clear uh, at the point where we do agree to advertise is that um, our opinions are our opinions. That's so it. you know, if you do bad things, guess what? You're going to cop a bad opinion. If you do something good, well, we're going to praise you as well. So we're certainly not biased towards any one political uh, party or group or organization or business or anything like that. We support, though, we fully support everyone who supports gun rights. As simple as that. Yep, exactly. So we're going to play uh, Johnny H's voicemail right now. This is what Johnny had to say. Hey, Jace, Johnny H here. What are your thoughts on how American gun laws affect Australian gun owners? Do you think that America has a positive or negative impact on law-abiding firearm owners? All right, good um, voicemail from Johnny. Very interesting question. Yep. I said this, and I was having a chat with Muzz the other day about this American gun culture term. Uh, this was, I don't know where this was coined. The last couple of years, it's really started to come out. Now, I had a chat with Muzz today about firearms and the culture of a country not being mutually exclusive. Yep. And this, is again, is going to tie into our next segment uh, which is, I think is going to be quite interesting. Now, people say, what do you mean not mutually exclusive? Well, I think, you know, guns and, and the culture of the states should be separated. And what I mean by that is if we look at, say, Mars, all countries yep. around the world, we look at Canada who got rid of registration. They've got semi-automatic firearms, yes. pump-action firearms, etc. Yep. New Zealand, uh, big case, has basically... Or well, Yeah, very similar to the United States, yep. except for, you know, probably self-defense, obviously, and, yep. and, and licensing. No registration, still buy AR-15s, these quote-unquote yep. assault weapons, blah, etc. Styres. Yep. Sweden, countries like Sweden, etc. Switzerland. Switzerland, sorry. Um, you know, again, have these firearms, and they're not an issue, right? We haven't had a massacre in New Zealand since very early 1997. Again, obviously, the anti-gunners don't like to tell us that because it doesn't suit their cause. And what, and what I mean by mutually exclusive, I want to look at these, these countries that do have these firearms don't have any problems. So yep. why specifically... Is it America? Why specifically? Um, you know, I mean, a lot of us in Australia are happy to, you know, buy their iPhones. They're happy to buy all their technology, watch their TV shows. But as soon as it comes to firearms and freedom, you know, the general public or some of the general public just aren't interested. Yeah. So I want to try and look at why is it happening in the States? Is it mental health? Well, obviously, it's mental health if you're going around shooting people. Yep. But the gun culture and this all Americans, their culture and guns, I don't think are mutually exclusive because we're seeing in other countries it's not a problem. Yep. So what's the issue in America? Obviously, people over there want to kill other people for some reason. It's a very, very limited amount, zero point yeah zero one percent I don't know the exact figures. Yeah. That obviously are crazy. Now, over 350 million people, that could be a 1,000 people that are willing to do something stupid. So I think when you look at, was it, I discussed this with Mars, was it, is it their past? Is it their, you know, the American 1776 revolution, fighting for their freedom? Is it in their blood? I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's no, a very good no. question, well, Johnny. What do you think? Well, I um, want to address Johnny's question directly. And he, he, what he asked is that, do American gun laws uh, have a positive or negative effect on Australia? All right. Mm -hmm. Now, the answer, the, the very simple answer is they've got a positive effect. I mean, if the Americans um, get gun control, if they lose the Second Amendment, well, it's going to be bad for us. <laughs> because, yeah, that's true. Because there's no, no chance that we'll ever get 
any kind of reform if the Americans accept gun yeah. control. That's, that's and that's why we're both members. Simple. I'm happy to pay, right. you know, life membership to the NRA and pay that's it right. off and and help these people. So how does it affect us? You know, well, it affects us because if they fall, we fall. You think yep. these some people like Samantha Lee are not going to be saying, well, the Americans have got reform. We need we need yeah. to further restrict Australians again. That's what oh, will happen, that's guys. Exactly, and that's what will happen in other countries too, like Canada and New Zealand. So. It is really important, and as I've said on this show before, Jason, that everyone who can become a member of the NRA, you've got to understand that the NRA not only fight for the rights of Americans, but in turn, they're also actually fighting for the rights of the rest of the free world. Uh, quite frankly, uh, if America remains free, there is more chance that other countries like Australia and New Zealand will also remain free. So that's very important to remember. Okay, so American gun laws actually do help us. The problem is, however, is you've got the things that don't help us is you've got a lot of crazies, mentally ill people, okay, who um, buy guns or they steal guns, they obtain guns some way or another, and they kill a lot of people. So that doesn't help us. Um, yeah, what's the reason, though? Yeah. Right? New Zealand, different quota, but if you look at the deaths per 100,000, Listen, we've got a different culture too, guys, here in Australia. I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, we're away from the rest of those, we're fairly way away from yep. America. Um, also, too, you know, we're not bordering Mexico, drugs coming over the border. Yep. You know, illegal immigrants, I mean, as much as people, do, it's not, nothing yep. to do with racism, it's just the truth. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, when I was over there, I used to talk to a lot of guys and they said, you know, the Mexicans hate the, the African Americans, the blacks, because they think the blacks are lazy. Right. And the blacks say, well, the Mexicans are taking their jobs because the Mexicans w- will work for $2.50 yep. or $2 an hour, $1.50 an hour. There's a lot of social, uh, socioeconomic issues. issues in the United States, as we know. And unfortunately, they don't have a um, a very good system in treating mental illness. I mean, we've yeah. probably got a much more supportive system when it comes to mental health issues. And don't forget, like you said, Jason, this is a, that's a country of 300-plus million uh, people, and you've got 100 million of them that are armed. And unfortunately, the fact is, every now and then, some crazy is going to get his hands on guns, and that's why we've seen a lot of um, shootings now. A lot of the American politicians, like the Democrats, uh, the President Obama, always want to use this as an excuse for gun control, gun control, gun control. Now, just recently, Jason, as you know, the San Bernardino shooting. Yep. Uh, there was two jihadi terrorists uh, shot 14 people. They had everything planned. Uh, the FBI found all this stash of weapons and ammunition, and this was all pre-planned. This wasn't just some loony in a fit of rage going out to kill his work colleagues. This was a planned attack. And um, but if you notice, Jason, from the the first half of the day when this happened, it was all about gun control. Oh, we need to curb guns. We need to control guns. Obama saying we need more gun control. And then shortly after, more information came out, and they found out that it was an actual terrorist attack. It all of a sudden turned into terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> it's like gun control just went. It just that. wiped off the table, literally yeah. on on the news. So you can definitely see uh, the naked agenda that these politicians have. I can guarantee you, Jason, if that was some disgruntled, uh, I guess, college boy who shot up his mates or something like that at his workplace, it would have been nothing but gun control ad nauseum, and that's what you would have heard. But think about this, right? Think about this. The Republicans have said absolutely no way because they have control of the House and the Senate has said absolutely no way to any kind of gun control whatsoever, even to the point, now just imagine this, even to the point the Democrats were recommending 
that the people who are terror suspects who are on no-fly list be banned from owning firearms. And they even said no to that. So can you imagine what? Imagine the mentality of uh, these people? And people say, oh, yeah, because they're bought by the gun lobby and so on. The gun sales aren't going to be hurt one iota. It's all about ideology. The Republicans understand what the Democrats are after, and they want to destroy the freedoms of America. They want to destroy the Second Amendment. But freedom's not free. It comes with risks. And unfortunately, those risks are someday a crazy is going to get his hands on gun on a gun and going to do something silly like this. So that's yeah. that's what's going on in America. I mean, Republicans are flat out saying no to any kind of suggestion of any even, to be honest, remotely sensible gun control that I would probably agree with. Unfortunately, yeah. I have to say that. I would probably agree with it, but they're saying absolutely flat out no. And this shows you the level of the ideological debate going on in the United States. Mm. So that's, what's, that's, uh, that's the seriousness of it. It was interesting too how, again, a lot of guys, I actually saw this on Facebook and I sort of just chuckled a little bit how ridiculous it was, but it's kind of true how they had... Funny when the France massacre happened, right? Yeah. Oh, they all rallied together. Facebook photos changed to French flags. All that. You know, we yep. need to pray yes. for our French compatriots. Let's pray. That's going to yep. solve the situation. Mind you, 100, it was 128, 129. Oh, we'll get the a final. huge amount of people we, Huge amount of people died. With AK-47. No one mentioning gun control whatsoever. No. You know why? Did because not hear they've already word. got strict laws over there. Yep. Already got strict laws over there. You didn't hear a single word about gun control. Same no. with the Charlie Hebdo attacks. You had 12 people slaughtered up there, you know, being prote- protected by police yeah. officers. No they had nothing said on them. Nothing. Not one word about gun control. Uh, one thing and it just shows to you the, how the na- uh, bare naked the agenda is. It happens to the Americans, yep. right? Oh, no, no American flags on people's Facebooks. No. They brought it on themselves. This yeah. is the rhetoric coming out. They brought it on themselves. They're not going to do anything about their gun laws. This was in the first hours, yep. day after this happened again. We can't pray for American. This is the religious freaks of the left or the yep. right. Yep. You know what I mean? It doesn't right. matter what it yep. is. You know, and it's just ridiculous. Same thing. But what happens to France? Completely different story. Solidarity. We've got to work together. Yep. Let's love one another. Let's hold hands. And I do believe some well, of the, let's the not, West... let's not forget too, Jason, some of the things that are going on in Africa, Boko Haram and all these other Islamist yep. organizations, every time they mass slaughter, you know, dozens of people, Nothing not happens. one peep yep. about gun control because obviously they can't control the guns over there. Yeah. So, I do believe too, people, a lot of people despise America because of their freedom. They really do. They do. They, they're they, one of the they last hate countries the in the United world. States because guess what? The individual is more powerful than the government. Yeah, and they and that's hate what it comes that. down to it. They that's hate what it. it comes down to it. You know, uh, and uh, Obama, some interesting facts, Jason. Okay. Now, Obama, with all of his anti gun rhetoric, under Obama, there have been more mass shootings than the last three presidents combined. Under Obama, Americans have bought more firearms than, in, than ever before, an unprecedented amount of firearms. Under Obama, more people have joined the NRA than ever in history in the last eight years. Yeah. Uh, NRA have increased their membership by something like 2.5 million members. Right? So you can see the Americans know what's going on. They're not going to give up their guns, and they're not going to give up their religion, they're not going to give up anything. That They're not going to cower uh, in fear of all these mass shootings and give up their Second Amendment. Yeah. And uh, the Democrats will love, love nothing more. And Hillary Clinton has recently been saying that she will be running on the platform of gun control. 
uh, in the next president uh, president election. So, and on the other side too, every Republican uh, candidate is uh, obviously pro Second Amendment. They're not going to be uh, spouting any kind of gun control issues. And in fact, most of them are saying, "Well, we encourage Americans to arm themselves against these crazies." So you know, even coming is, out from some of these sheriffs' departments yeah. in, um, yeah, you know, different even the counties. police, police are urging people to yeah. arm themselves to protect themselves until you know, if the trouble starts, give them a call, and uh, until they get there, be ready to protect yourself. I mean, that's the attitude of yeah. most police, de- police departments the, in the United States. You know, unfortunately, it's not the attitude here. But it's just funny how one thing, hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty dead, yeah. solidarity flags, pray to each other. Americans, yeah. oh, it's their gun. They're never going to learn. I read all the Facebook oh, comments. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like, people, I think, literally hate America. They, um, they, they really do. They, they despise it because it's, it's one of the few nations on earth that's truly free. And, I mean, uh, they've got their own problems as well. Yeah. They've got their own issues and over different things. And some things you'd think are just completely absurd that we've, I've read just recently. But, um, but also, Jason, just as much as the Second Amendment is under attack, so is the First Amendment. Some of the things that are going on in American universities are crazy. I mean, they've got yeah. things like safe, safe places where people can go where they don't want to hear offensive uh, kind of debate that might be potentially offensive. You know, people are, uh, are blocking their ears towards free speech. It's just unbelievable. So there's a lot of things going on in America, and under Obama, it's just been an absolute disaster. Yeah. You see... He's changing Americans into something that it's completely Getting not. Getting back to the question where he says mm. it have a negative effect. I think it's see, it's hard now with the amount of shootings that are going on. The general public, well, the did, media. Jace, if I can stop yeah. you right there. The question was, do American gun laws have a positive or negative effect? So American gun laws, you have to separate that from all the crazies. But let's that talk are, about what yeah. about the bad media they yeah. get here. Oh, yeah. Is it bad? Oh, look, the, the, the media that's coming out of the United States in no, terms of... No, I mean of, here, like our saying, oh, another mass shooting in the States. They had figures the other day saying 355 mass shootings off some, you know, some... I would say dodgy, but some website yeah. where they just took it as gospel. Yeah, they've well, already well, defunct what, a lot what of the, a lot of that. What the media here love to do is they love to use these shootings in the United States to reinforce the fact that oh, look at our gun laws—they're working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because obviously, I mean they don't really work. Uh, all they do is deprive law-abiding gun owners yeah. of uh, firearms. That's all yeah. they do. So uh, they love to use the stories of uh, to bump up our own gun laws to reinforce that into people's minds, so that. If ever in the future we ever do have an opportunity to change the laws, I mean, it's going to be a massive uphill battle because people would have been just completely brainwashed into yeah. this, um, you know, this rhetoric that's been presented by the media over and over and over again. America is bad, bad, bad. And America's then, bad. We don't want to be like America. That's what they keep saying, you know. Yeah. I mean, anyone that's been to the United States, myself uh, and Jason included, anyone knows that United States is one of the greatest countries in the world. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's a the one of the best countries to visit in the world by far. And American people are without a doubt the nicest people in the world. So, and you know, everyone knows that. If you go there, you see a different story. So, but you know, a lot of people live a sheltered life in Australia, and they love the idea that oh yeah, they get all the information from the news and they accept that news as gospel. Yeah. So, and that's that's the biggest uphill battle we're going to face is to change uh, I guess change the narrative to uh, create a little bit more education amongst the general public yeah. so and that, that's always going to be an uphill battle so there was you know. a guy the other day too was saying this goes on a little bit about registration there was a guy saying yeah. oh no he was actually one of the pro Facebook pages I know oh, no, registration is good though and people said mm. well 
tell me how it's good. Canada got rid of it. New Zealand got rid of it in the mid-1980s. And they go, oh, but they know where the guns are and this. But it's all about what people are willing to do with those firearms, right? And this yes. is a perfect case in point. doesn't look good on us, but it's the facts. Um, where the lockup murders, the murder, homicide, suicide, with the father shooting his wife and I think it was two kids, mm. um, then shooting himself, four people dead. Yep. Uh, those guns were registered. Um, yep. It had no bearing on whether that firearm was registered or not for the fact that he killed his family anyway. Yep. So again, this is what I'm saying. This has no, there's no benefit to it. I've read, it it's I'm still very waiting hard. Yeah, on the minister in New yeah. South Wales to get back to me, the police minister, Troy Grant. How much is this registry costing us? What are some of the public benefits? Have you done a public benefit analysis on the firearms registry? Yep. Still waiting for the... I've sent them four or five mail. Still can't get anything back. Well, one of the things, Jason, is the bigger challenges we're going to face in the future is we've got a lot of young shooters that have... Um, that were, I guess, uh, very young in the 90s before prior to 96. And they don't really know what the landscape of the country looked like prior to 96. All they think is, oh, yeah, we've got strong gun laws. That's good. Registration equals good. Um, And you know what? It's very hard to convince these guys uh, to make them realize, look, registration only means is that the government can come and get your guns if they want to. That's what what it comes down to. It doesn't stop stop crime. It doesn't do anything other than create red tape, create bureaucracy, uh, and it only affects the law-abiding, doesn't affect anyone else. Uh, the criminals can get whatever because guns they, they want. they think registering them, right? If you, you or me or anyone yeah. wanted to do something with your guns tomorrow, you yeah. simply just would. You would. Because, you would. I mean, That's if, it. You know, if, but, someone went, if someone went crazy and uh, decided to, you know, oh, God forbid, shoot a couple of people, you think they're going to care if their guns are registered or not? Yeah. They're going to get them out of the safe, off they go, and if they're registered or not, it's not going to have no bearing. And uh, and that's why uh, New Zealand have given up on it. That's why Canada have given up on it. And I really certainly, I certainly hope a lot of you young shooters can really do your research about registration and all that. You guys are the future as well, you know? Exactly. You guys are the future. I mean, I'm 34, Muzz's a bit older. You know, yep. I was sleeping in. You think he'd be the one sleeping in? You know, but <laughs> but I was sleeping in in the hunt. But um, yeah, I mean, great great uh, question, Johnny H. Certainly, a lot of discussion on that. I mean, I'm not sure if you agree with this. I'd I'd love to find out what it is with Americans that um, you know they got a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. It's cult, could be the movies. Is it the revolution? Is it the way they were brought up? Is it freedom? Why are I, some of them well, crazy? I just look, don't. I, understand. I don't. I don't think it's freedom, Jason. I don't think it's freedom. Freedom's not the problem. Uh, it's definitely is it the way that in, in a nutshell we, whether you come in the first fleet or you're a convict or a slave you know, we, yeah. we come from a different culture I mean we come from England or well, I do anyway you probably yeah. don't but I do you know what I mean and well, I think some of us I've got to say this I think some of us we still come from the slave mentality of yeah. you know well now that's we, good we, we, we still expect to hear our tell us instructions what from the government yeah. we still a lot of what people what do I do expect, today do I know? need to shower yeah am I deodorant <laughs> a lot of people love being told what to do yeah. by the government yeah. unfortunately it's just how it is you know and um and Americans are very, very different. They they understand that the government is uh, stay out of my business. Essentially, an instrument for evil. Uh, there's nothing can they understand. It's a, a it's a necessary evil. Uh, yeah. The government you need government. Uh, you need people to run the infrastructure and so on. But they also understand that uh, throughout the, throughout history, government has been used to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, less than uh, seventy years tyranny. ago, Hitler was just killing Jews left, right, and center. Well, you know, yes. in the hundred, how many, how many were killed by him? How many, how many were Look, killed? The, the reality Millions? is, anyone who does their research will realize that the biggest killer of people throughout history has always been government. Government has yeah. caused so many genocides. And that might seem silly now, well, but who knows? It's going to ha- could happen in the future. We just don't know. But Johnny, that yep. is an awesome 
question, mate. Certainly lots of topic. We could probably talk for hours on that, no doubt, and different (laughs) types of ideas. But I still think, again, you know, firearms and culture, again, we're seeing other countries not have these issues. So why is the state? I'd like to hear your opinion, John, if you want to send another voicemail or someone that's listening to this show, give us your opinion. I think we've only got a minute and a half or three minutes on the voicemail. So if you can make it as quick your point, we'll play it on the show. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your point of view because this is only our point of view. If you disagree or you've got your opinion, let us know. So thanks, Johnny, for the awesome email. All right, next, this one. Uh, This is an interesting one. All right, well, as we said before in the show, we always say what we think, and uh, that's what we're always going to do. So this one, unfortunately, is not that of, not a great one. Me and Muzz have been talking about this for about yes. the last, what, Muzz, about five days, and I was actually pretty pretty angry about this. Uh, this is Shooters and Fishers Party's Robert Borzak. If you see my Facebook page, I ended up taking it down. I've just got to say a few things. We're going to play this now. Uh, in a minute. This was Robert Borzak's interview on 2GB with Andrew Bolt and Steve Price. This interview, I thought, when I saw it pop up on my phone, I thought, oh, great, Robert's going to do another great job for an interview uh, on you know, this particular yep. radio station. Yep. He's done some, especially the last 12 months, he's been talking a lot more about freedom, a lot more about you know getting our rights back. Uh, and we're going to play some of the good stuff, but he's made some gaffes before. And you know, the first time was um, probably that I heard it. Muzz knows before, a few before, and we've actually got those as well, was the Sydney Siege, the Lint Cafe. It was yeah. on Sky News. Now, they've, subsequently, they've taken that video down. It doesn't exist. But me, I keep all the audio. <laughs> so you can't, you can't escape the AHP audio when you say things. Now, he made some controversial comments about pump shotguns. Anyone listening to the show will know exactly what I'm talking about. We haven't played it, but we are going to play that. So what I did is I went on a, a forum and said I wasn't happy with these comments. Now, um, there was a bit of backwards and forwards between a, a people on, these for, on this forum, and 99.9% of people agreed with me that these comments were bad. And we'll play it in a minute so you can gauge for yourself what you think. Um, then the, the owner of the forum proceeded to get on a new thread saying how basically I was an effing retard, uh, that uh, I'm a sellout and a shill for the LDP, that I previously took um, donations from the old, from the sorry, the SFP uh, for advertising, and now I've proceeded to throw them under the bus. Well, I wanted to be clear and upfront with people, so I just I can't be clearer right now. The reason um, I am running ads for the LDP is because I like what they say. Yep. Um, I want to support all pro-gun parties. I know at, at the start you were hearing me a lot talk about the SFP, and I still support the SFP. Myself and Mario were at yep. the uh, 2015 election handing out how to vote cards in New South Wales because that's really the only pro-gun party that was running at the time except for Outdoor Recreation Party, which really didn't have the voter base. They got a fair few votes. And obviously we like what the LDP say. I like what David's been in the news every single day. Right, yep. saying good things about shooting. He's only one person. We, I know he can only do so much, but the fact that he's been drawing attention to shooters' rights, to me, is, is fantastic. Yeah. And Robert was doing that as well and doing a fantastic job. Then he got on this show and said some very comments that really had me upset, uh, pissed off, uh, and I rang Muzz straight away, venting, and Muzz was busy, so he couldn't hear me out. And I was just, I was really seething because I've interviewed Robert about four times. If you know the show, you know exactly what's gone on. He agrees with our rights, repeal the NFA, get rid of registration, yep. and then he makes these comments in the media that totally contradict what he says. Mm. Uh, then I have these people on a forum saying I'm a sellout, and the only reason I want to be very clear, the only reason you're not hearing ads for the SFP is because they never bothered to contact me. Uh, I sent them an email to Tim Horan. God bless Tim Horan. He went overseas. He left the state campaign manager job. Uh, emailed him and said, mate, want to get you guys on board, just like I did with the SFP. I want to run two parties. Um, and 
Yeah, are you interested in getting on board? He says he'll put me in contact with Philip Despotowski. He CC'd him on his response to me saying, Philip's going to get back to you. Well, I never heard from Philip. I then sent another email about two weeks later saying, hey, Philip, as per Tim's email, would love to get you guys on board uh, like we did in the 25th, before the 2015 election in 2014. I also CC Robert Borzak's personal email mm. in an email. And again, guys, still no response. So that's to me, that's about eight people on all those emails that I've tried to you know, get on board. So I, I don't really know what else people want me to do. I'm not a sellout for the LDP. It's just that the LDP was sort of, I guess, better in managing their affairs on mm. getting the get, getting the getting the you know we try and get payments so we can run this show so we can go to shot shows we can go to vo- uh, do things get new equipment that's what so we, we try can to create do. a better show so we can create a better show so um you know i haven't spoken to robert about this yet i'm just i, I want to put forward that i'm no sellout for the ldp you know again we were handing out how to vote at the state election so anyway i don't want to go on much more about that. that's what we're going to do this is the how should we start let's, play the, let's play the interview so that people can which hear one the newest one we play the newest one the yeah we'll play the one with uh, andrew bolt okay. and uh, so this is about a six minute interview Borsak. we want to we want to talk about it and then we'll uh, play it about six minutes and then we'll actually talk about it so here is the interview this was just last week, very early December uh, 2015. So here it is, Andrew Bolt, Steve Price, and Robert Borzak from the Shooters and Fishers Party. In America anytime soon, doesn't it? Mm, it does a bit, it does a bit. And I think uh, what might hijack uh, this particular debate into a different territory is the fact that the, uh, well, it seems like a fact that the shooter was Muslim. Robert Borsak's the uh, New South Wales Shooters uh, party boss. He's on the line. Robert, how are you? Yeah, good evening, Steve, Andrew. Did you, what did you make of that comment from that woman? Oh, well, I think in context what she's saying is right as far as the United States is concerned. I mean, you've only got to look at the uh, the way the United States has developed, which there are no real parallels for Australia. I mean, if they went through a bloody civil war of eight years, sorry, a uh, war revolution of eight years, then mm. they went through a civil war 80 years later of another four years. Yeah, but hang on, that's about more than 150 years ago. You sort of think right. a lot of things changed in that time. Yeah, but... The, they didn't have assault rifles, let me tell you that much. No, that's right, but they had the assault rifles of the day. And yeah, but the, the assault rifle of the day, you should go bang, and then you took, what, a minute to reload. It's a little different to a guy going... Some nutter that's just shot 14 people. No one's defending some nutter shooting 14 people. No, I'm not... No, that's not my argument to you. No, that's not my argument to you, as you probably know. And I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be aggressive. Um, what I'm just saying is, it frightens the bejesus out of me when you can get some nutter getting his hands on a on a gun that can kill, you know, a dozen people in a, you know, in in a squeeze of a trigger. If he had one gun that it could shoot one person at a time every so, so seconds, I, that's already bad enough. But this kind of stuff, that's crazy. We don't really have any understanding of exactly what happened there yet. And you said before about the motivation as well. It doesn't matter about the motivation in the end of the day. The fact that it's happening is what's not good enough. No, no, I know that. But you take Israel, for example, right? Um, in, which is a great model, backing your point on one and backing my point on another. Your point is that a lot of those terror attacks are stopped dead and literally dead uh, from the Palestinian uh, people stabbing and all that because people nearby uh, have got guns. A lot of people got guns. Bang, they're gone. They don't get to kill many people. But uh, my point is the Palestinians are stabbing or sh- or w- with knives. They're not 
there with AK-47. So the death toll is relatively low per assault. Do you see the point? You take the yeah. big guns out of the equation, the death toll lowers. Well, that, that, and that's that one of the fundamental reasons why uh, the death toll in, in the United States is what it is, and that's one of the reasons why it's not the way it is in Australia. So are uh, we? no one's ever going to be able to, I, I don't think, Robert, rein in this gun culture in the US. It's one of those cultural things that will never change, isn't it? Well, I, look, I, you're 100% right, but as I, so I'm getting back to my first point, Andrew, and that is it's, it is a culture that's been developed based on a constitutional uh, right that they fought for and spilled a lot of blood over. No, I, no I accept that. Basis. I know that. I know that. And it's, it's that very basis that created their culture. That culture isn't in Australia. It was ne our Australian culture was never created. No, but, in, in, but we're still talking about whatever the culture is, and cultures can, with great pain and argument, change. But, but here, the, the culture, it's not about whether you can have the right to bear arms. It's what kind of arms we can... We can have an AK-47 as opposed to, you know, um, a, a 22 or a, a 303 or something like or, that. Or, that's right, or a bolt-action rifle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I agree. I agree with your point entirely. And, and that's, but it's, again, it gets back to the culture in Australia. I mean, our culture was changed with great pain in 1996 mm. when Howard grabbed what few of those type of firearms that were in Australia, plus a whole lot of sporting firearms took them out of the system entirely. It doesn't seem to have done much good in Western Sydney. Well, I was going to ask, Robert, have we lost our way now with that? No, I don't think we have, because in Western Sydney, uh, and even if you take the Manmonas situation and that uh, poor Mr Cheng, all of those, uh, the two firearms were used in those incidents, and I think most of the drive-bys have all been done with illegal firearms. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. You know, these, these particular things, uh, laws to buy back guns and all that kind of stuff, seems to work uh, the law-abiding obey and the, the people that you want to stop don't. Well, that's the point the shooters made from the beginning. Mm. You'll never get the guns out of the, uh, out of the arms of criminals. That's, that's exactly right. It's, every time we make a new law, it's the law-abiding citizens that obey the law and the criminals don't. Yeah. That's yeah. where we end up. Are you standing a candidate in North Sydney just uh, by the by, Robert? No, we're not, no. no but but to go back to the initial point, though, Robert, you, uh, you, there's no way that you would say, is there, that, um, you know, with our gun laws, you know, whatever they are, that now you would say, well, why can't Australians also have AK-47s or, you know, heavy, heavy assault weaponry uh, of the kind that uh, is legal in parts of America? Well, it's legal almost all over America, and it's not legal in Australia, and that's the way it should stay. We... we so we're agreed on that. I mean, yeah, we're agreed on the sort of weaponry that these bozos can can uh, manage to get their hands on. That's right. There, look, there are plenty of people within the shooting fraternity that say, and there are a few people that legally do have uh, D-class firearms, for example, that use them specifically for mm. particular types of urban control, but they're very closely controlled. The ordinary citizen uh, doesn't need that for going hunting or shooting or... Well, I'm not uh, sure that... that uh, I, I can't imagine the vermin in America that needs an AK-47 to eradicate. Well, you keep complaining about that blackbird. You might need yeah, an automatic rifle to get rid of that. I'm just a bit worried about the window of the neighbours <laughs> behind it. Robert, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank Good you. Good Robert Borsak there from the Shooters Party. 131873 is our number. You'll never change that culture, ever. Steve in Caringbar, how are you? All right, guys, you just heard um, the interview with Robert Borsak. Uh, I guess the parts that are probably going to stick out to you, I'm going to read them to you. Was it 510? He says, well, it's legal almost all over America, and it's not legal in Australia, and that's the way it should stay. The next one was at 529. This was the worst one of the whole lot. There are a few people that legally do have 
D-class firearms, for example, that use them specifically uh, for particular types of vermin control. But they are very closely monitored. The ordinary citizen doesn't need that for going hunting and shooting. Yeah. So, like, I was actually livid when I heard this. When I saw it on my phone, I thought, oh, another great interview from Robert. Well, it's pretty disappointing, really. The whole interview, really, Andrew Bolt was giving him a free kick. Yeah, he says he even he says was just there basically giving him a free kick. He says there one time, Mars. Yeah. He goes, "Oh, I, I don't want to get aggressive with you." He didn't. Yeah. He, okay, he started to get a bit. I think a bit full on when he said, "You know, oh, well, Robert, why do we need an AK forty-seven? But this well, he is, was essentially saying, "Well, what's the point of the laws?" You know, he was essentially saying, well, do we really need all these laws? And then even Andrew Bolt said about registration, because, oh, yeah, well, people don't hand in their firearms. Exactly. um, So So it was giving heaps of opportunity for Robert to just simply say, look, Andrew, you know, it doesn't really matter what type of gun it is. All it comes down to, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you should be able to trust it with any kind of firearm. I mean, a lot of these uh, red tape red tape we have in Australia is really just a waste of uh, taxpayers' money. I mean, that wasn't hard to say. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would have actually gone to that. say, when he was saying, why do we need them? I would have said, well, Andrew, if we look at, again, New Zealand, yeah. you know, they're not having these issues. Um, you know, we've got to look at what's happening over there as a cu- culturally-wise. Yeah. And this is what we just said in the previous Johnny H question. There, there were so many ways he could have... Uh, yeah. uh, he was offering... Like, Andrew Bolt was not even... For the interviews I've heard mm. before, Andrew Bolt was being easy on him. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we would, Robert was just offering up information for God knows what reason. And the, the bit that sort of upset me the most is I've interviewed Robert quite a lot of times. Yep. And some of the things he said in previous interviews are fantastic. And then what he said to me was, oh, no, repeal the NFA, which I, I know at heart they do agree with, remove registration, yes. uh, all those good things, but then gets in the media. This is what they're going to be able to use now. Like People like Samantha Lee are going to go, oh, great, even Robert Borzak from the Shooters and Fishers Party, David Schubert, uh, they're going to hassle him and say, well, this is what Robert wants. Great news. Yeah, we're all in agreement. Because then Andrew was going, oh, oh, so you agree with this? And then he's like, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah, you know. Well, essentially, it's really sad because Robert Borsak was just basically saying in that interview, the way I see it, he's basically saying that the 96 firearm laws are great. Yeah, and I physically, That's what he's saying. I physically can't, I mean, I've still got to speak to Robert. Um, you know, I really don't know what to do from here because, yeah, these sort of comments, if this is the way he physically believes, that's physically something I just cannot support. No. not Especially if you listen to the show, you know our views. If this is the pro-gun party that I voted for, that just no. told Andrew Bolt, quote, that, at 529, great laws, there are a few people yeah. that legally do have D-class firearms, for an example, that use them specifically for particular types of vermin control, but they're very closely controlled. The ordinary citizen doesn't need that to go hunting and shooting. Well, I'd just like to educate, Robert, that millions of Americans use AR-15s to hunt. A yep. lot of New Zealanders use AR-15s things to hunt. You know, and, and I know people just, say, oh, he was t- how can you misquote that? Clear. You listen to it again, guys. No. Clear as day and that's why i'm confused they even had it on their facebook page they posted it they were copying a bollocking yeah the sfp really the facebook page went into meltdown went into meltdown and then all of a sudden i looked at again to try and do a screenshot of some of those comments so we could read them on the show it was gone yeah Look, it's it's really disappointing, Jason. And I I cop flack for Mm. this, saying, you know, I'm a sellout. I'm throwing SFP under the bus. I mean, I've never heard a bunch of crap in all my life. I wasn't on there on 2GB with Andrew Bolt making and trying to... Mm. And and again, Robert's overseas hunting, so that's not the point. But people um, that obviously really support SFP as well just can't look past their blinkers 
right? And they're going, oh, you're throwing SFP under the bus. I'm like, I, did, I didn't have to. They threw themselves under the bus. Yeah. And the rest of us too, and, really. And the rest of the hunting and shooting community. This is physically something I just cannot support. So unless their position changes, and I'm starting to think, well, is there a is there a media Robert which says, mm. oh, the gun laws are great and then tell shooters what they want to hear? I don't know, guys. Um, I think they look, really uh, need to look at themselves. Confusing. It's very confusing, Jason. And I want to point out some things. This isn't the first time that Robert Borsak's made pl- a gaffe. We'll play that too, right? In a second, yeah, but, this isn't the first time he's made a gaffe. He's previously, and we'll play it uh, soon. Let's play it now. Here's what, um, this is the Sky News interview. Uh, this is the one with um, uh, Sky News. This is about the Lint Cafe down at their studios. Uh, again, I'm going to say 95% of the, of the interview was fantastic. We can't play all eight minutes, but we're going to play the the interesting part about the pump shotgun comment. So here it is again, Sky News uh, interview, Robert Borzak, Shooters and Fishers Party, uh, regarding the Lint Cafe siege. None of these firearms uh, that are involved in those law-abiding uh, activities uh, would have been available to this criminal uh, a couple of days ago. The reality is he was shooting, as far as I'm informed, a pump-action, sawn-off, uh, 12-gauge shotgun. Now, they're not available to an ordinary citizen who has an ordinary firearms licence. I can't get one, and I don't want one. Well, guys, you just heard it again. That was the comment about a year ago, and I was a bit upset a year ago when I actually heard this comment again, saying, you know, oh, I don't want a pump shotgun. I don't need one, you know, but... I yeah. want one. I want one. No, well... Look. You know, I want one to go bird hunting, duck hunting. Again, these guns are fine in New Zealand. And I put the first one down, didn't I, Muzz? I put the first one down to a bit of a gaff. I've made a few on this show, um, said silly things. But you've heard us, haven't you, Muzz, on these 2GB yep. radio. You've heard us on 2UE, on the, especially on the last straight shooting podcast. We caught up, oh, we've probably caught up 12 to 15 radio shows um, and trying to get our point across on gun rights. Did you hear me and Muzz go, oh, no... You know, we shouldn't have these types of firearms. Exactly. You know, and he wasn't talking about AK-47s during that previous Andrew Bold interview. He specifically says Category D firearms are closely controlled. To me, that would imply that um, he agrees with the Howard gun laws. Then they well, went into defence mode on the Facebook. I'm a little bit opposite with you, Jason. The one that struck me the most is when Robert Borsak says, well, it's legal in almost all over America and it's not legal in Australia and that's the way it should stay. Yeah. What do you so, think? I've so been what, 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 that, you think? what that tells me is Robert Borsak is really not interested in fighting for gun rights. He likes the gun laws. And I find that really... Yeah, but, dis- but the thing is, how, well, he's, not, he's told me that on the show, and he, assure, I know, he I know. assures I look, me I, that I it's know. not the case. I, well, I what's know going that. on? I know that. But this is the problem, Jason. And, um, and he's had a gaffe like this before, and it's really confusing people because it makes people question. I mean, where does SFP... Uh, stand for or stand when it comes to gun rights in particular where does Robert Borsak stand when it comes to gun rights I think he's doing a lot of damage to the brand personally I, I really do yeah, believe we, we that we want to make that clear too I'm not yeah. attacking the Shooters and Fishers Party no. I'm attacking I'm not attacking the anyone comments. really I'm I attacking mean, the comments that were made because I've interviewed you guys know four times I've interviewed Robert you've heard the shows mm. if you support the SFP like we have and do I just, I'm, I'm really struggling right, right now. I rang up yeah, Mars. Right. Well, How was I when I rang you up? Yeah, How that's was right. I? I mean, I think the SFP brand's a very strong brand. However, when uh, people who are representing the SFP make comments like this, I mean, this is, uh, this is great ammunition for the anti-gunners. I mean, they're going to put up these comments and say, well, look, even Robert Borsak thinks it should never be legal here. Mm. You know, even he believes it should be tightly Terrible. controlled. They're going to use these comments against us, and they're shocking comments, like, this, I've got guys, to say. This wasn't just bad. This was... T- it, yeah. This was bad. Yeah. It was re- it, it was terrible, really. And the problem is, and I mean, Roberts had an opportunity back when in Link Cafe Siege when he was interviewed by Sky News. He had an opportunity to, to really focus on the fact that, look, well, 
you know, it just shows you how how gun laws are not working. Yeah, he um, had a pump shotgun. He had a, he had a pump shotgun. It's a highly restricted firearm. There's no reason to be, these firearms for them to be highly restricted. You know, law-abiding citizens should be able to own them, own them because yeah. law-abiding citizens are already highly regulated. I mean, he he could have had an opportunity to really throw the gun laws under the bus rather than throw us under the bus. Yeah. You know? And people say, and oh, same how with, can Same you... with the Andrew Bolt interview. He could have easily said, Jason, that, you know, it really doesn't matter what yeah. what gun you own as long as you're law-abiding, as long as you uh, meet all the checks and balances. Yeah. He didn't have to say, because people go, oh, how can you, you can't just directly ask for Cat D's. And I said, well, you didn't have to do that. All no. you had to say is when Andrew Bolt was saying, oh, Robert, why do we need these firearms? I would have just simply just said, well, Andrew, you know, if you look at New Zealand, they have all these firearms. Exactly. Canada. Uh, Canada. You use a lot of examples. Mate, would just, and and, that, and Andrew might have gone, oh, okay, or and there might have been a, a further discussion. I guess we'll never know because we never heard that. All we heard was agreeing with Andrew Bolt. And the biggest problem, Jason, uh, in fairness, Robert Borsak in the past has done some great interviews. He's yep. hit them out of the park. It was let really, me, let, let's just play so another he's done one. Some, he's done some fantastic interviews in the past. And uh, unfortunately, yep. though, unfortunately, this hit and miss that keeps popping up these interviews it's really doing a lot of damage and it confuses people and people just don't understand where do the SFP stand on gun rights. And yeah. this is something, I mean, the party's I mean, been, around, it, for, just the party's been around for 20 years, Jason. Yeah. I mean, this is something that should have been hammered but out I know a where, long time ago. I know where they stand. I mean, I, have a, I had a chat to John Tingle just do not you? too long ago. I don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I spoke <laughs> to no John Tingle. I've got no idea where they stand, to be honest, because, yeah. you know, one month it's pro-pro-gun and next month it's, oh, no, we've got great laws. It's yeah. just... I, spoke I don't to, know what's going on. I spoke to the founder of the Shooters Party, John Tingle, like not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, so early December, and you know he said, mate, he just says, let's not complicate things. These laws don't work. There's no reason to restrict any of these firearms. So I don't know why the current representatives of the Shooters and Fishers Party in New South Wales, uh, and, and I want to be clear about this also too. Don't forget, guys. You know, like me and Mars, we do this sort of stuff for free. We rely on your donations, and we yep. thank people that donate. We rely on our awesome sponsors just to give us enough money to get through. Like, this takes a lot of time, guys, writing up the questions. You know, don't forget, people like David Lionhill, yep. Robert Brown, yep. Robert Borzak, Yep. Are getting big money, mate. Big dollars, taxpayer-funded dollars. Jeff Borman and Jeff um, Borman, Daniel Young. Yep, all these. Guys. I mean, these people are getting paid over about roughly about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year to advocate for my gun rights. That's yep. what they're getting paid. Jason Silms doesn't get paid anything. <laughs> Mario, Mario, he'll Blanco, get paid even less. <laughs> yeah. How much do I get? I think last week I cashed in a ten dollars check. You know, <laughs> Jason but, maybe pitches in for petrol when we yeah, go hunting, but that's about yeah, that's all I it, get. You know, and like, like, I want to be, and that's not just the shoes and fishes party guys david lionhelm gets probably more money than that to advocate for my gun rights bridget mckenzie's getting money to advocate for my gun rights you know these members of politicians are getting paid very good money and then what i heard the other day was honestly guys complete shit i mean it was i I was upset i rang up mars and he couldn't talk to me at the time and he goes what's wrong what's wrong i said mate you got to hear this interview um but i want to play another interview and this one was a great one from Robert. I'm not going to play the entirety because there was only a couple of remarks which were just fantastic. But the premise of the, the interview, again, great interview from Robert. So this was in the middle of the... So the first one was the Sky News Sydney Siege. Then we had... Um, so Andrew Bolt was the first one, which was just recently. Sky News. Sky News was on the 18th of the 12th, 2014, or around yep. that date. And then this one was um, 2SER. Uh, with Robert Borzak, uh, so 2SER, 11th of the 9th, 15th, so a couple of months ago. Yep. And this is where he said some interesting things about um, John Howard. So check this uh, great interview out from Robert. What this is all about is an exercise of Mr Abbott trying to use the tragedy 
in Martin Place last December as an excuse to ramp up the fear camp campaign and get himself re-elected. That's all it's all about. Mm. And what happened in the Lynn Cafe does not justify any of the discussion and any of the fear campaign being run by people uh, like Gun Control Australia or even our ex-Prime Minister, Mr Howard. Yeah, well, he, he's, he is a disgrace for dragging this subject up again. He knows very well that this has got nothing to do with anything we're doing or anyone else is doing. This is just an exercise in playing politics by Abbott. Well, let's talk about the Sydney siege, since you did bring up the Martin Place siege there. Yep. I understand the shotgun used in that situation had a limited firing rate, and that was one factor that may have contributed to fewer casualties when the police eventually did have to take the building. The no, Adler no, shotgun... No, actually, I have to correct you there. Yep. When you say limited firing rate, it was a pump-action sawn-off shotgun, yep. and he cleared it. He cleared six shots in about five seconds, ten seconds but, at the most. That's what we believe happened. But it's this shotgun was not not legal. So of course it wasn't legal. That's it. that's the whole point. Okay, but this Adler shotgun would be legal. The Adler shotgun would in fact be legal, and it would have the faster firing capacity, similar to one of these pump action shotguns. So why would we want something like that uh, entering the country? Well, the point is they're already in the country. Illegal action shotguns are already in Australia. This is nothing new, right? That's the whole point. These are this is. The issue should really be what is the government, state and federal, doing about getting hold of the illegal firearms, not worrying about firearms that, when they are imported into Australia, are classified by customs, their numbers are taken, they're registered, they go on a register, they then go into people's uh, gun safes and are locked away. What they really should be looking at and thinking about is what can we do to do something about getting those illegal firearms off the streets instead of subverting the process entirely by trying to play politics with it and seek to up the terror threat. Uh, Those legal firearms are in the hands of people that are licensed and entitled to have them ever since 1996. Now, as I said before, this is just a scare campaign. That's all it is. Mm. That shotgun is no different in terms of its capacity to existing shotguns and firearms that have been regulated by the federal and state governments since 1996. Sean, they are the ones that put the classification on them when they're imported into Australia. Not me, not the importers, nobody else. We're not the ones that are doing any of this. This is a federal government exercise on the importation of these firearms. All right, guys, you just heard well, you just heard that one, mate. Yep, just called John Howard a coward. Yeah. Great interview, and I don't understand. I just don't understand. Uh, look, I, I think, to be honest, Jason, the SFP really need to get back to the boardroom and and work out where do they stand on gun rights. Yeah. And especially when it comes to speaking about gun rights, I mean, there needs to be a consistent yeah. message. I mean, imagine going to McDonald's and ordering the Big Mac and getting a different burger every time. But You'd be on. sick of it, wouldn't you? I saw on Facebook where a few people were very, very angry. I wasn't the only one. There was mm. hundreds that were angry. They'd end up taking the post down from... Uh, from Facebook, but I already had the audio, and so it's already on their on their website, so the the uh, SoundCloud website they use, so it was easy to get. And yeah, people were very unhappy. You know, they didn't yeah. know what to say. They were like, "What are you doing?" I thought SCP fighting for my gun rights. So I guess where do they stand? That's what I'd like to know. And if they're not really, if they're only a shooting and fishing and hunting party, well, that's great. Just at least let well, people know only that hunting and fishing, or really. hunting and fishing, you know, <laughs> hunting and fishing, and maybe you know outdoor. And, and not that there's anything wrong, wrong with that, that. Yeah, but no, I'd like but... to know that because. What you all know, you've listened to the show, yeah. we've been fighting for the gun rights, and then to hear the guy I voted for mm. telling, telling the general 300,000 probably 
two UE listeners with Andrew, I'm sorry, two GB, 2GB, list, yeah. 2GB listeners. Andrew Bolt's really popular amongst the middle and right wing people. So mm. there would be 300,000 people that potentially heard that. And then they're going, oh, great. Well, Robert Borzak now agrees with the gun laws. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. People, they can use it against it in future. And, I, and I, I, either I need to have a chat with Robert or find out whether it was just a gaffe again, but this is the second time. I don't think you can say, guys, you were misquoted at this stage because no. it was clear as day. And if that's truly what they think, you know, I, I need to reassess my position either with you know future advertising or I don't know. I really don't know. I have to speak to them first because I'm just not sure because... Well, you know, I mean, look, we we, we wouldn't we wouldn't um, do anything rash or anything like that. Absolutely not. We support the brand. Yeah, uh, it's very important for you guys to understand that the brand and the comments and the person are completely three separate entities. There'll be other people coming up the ranks of the SFP yep. that uh, may uh, you know have different views and so on. But really, the biggest problem is, Jason, here in New South Wales, um, uh, for, the, for the benefit of those in other states, so here in New South Wales, we've got Robert Brown and Robert Borsak in, in, in uh, state parliament. Robert Borsak just recently got elected for yeah. eight years. They were outspoken against Mike Baird. Mike Baird is likely to get re-elected next election yeah. against the power sell-off. They're not popular. He's going to be in, uh, they're going to be in power for next, uh, or they're going to be in parliament for the next eight years. They don't have the balance of power. Yeah. And I mean, because they did hinge much, a lot. We spoke about this before. You know, how much can they do? Yeah, they, how much can they do in parliament? I certainly hope they can do a lot. But the point is, is that when you got mixed messages like this, it certainly doesn't install any yeah. kind of confidence in the, in the people they, who are voting for they them. hinge the the fair bit of the election on selling off of the power poles yep. so the really the worst happened was one we gave away our position before the election number two mike baird got in yep number three we lost the balance of power yep so really we have nothing we, well, and so what it, tell me why it definitely mike, seems that way so uh, essentially if, if any, you were mike baird would you want him to be doing anything for well, either the sfp or shooters no. in new south wales would well, you no. I mean, uh, if I said no, I'm not going to give you that power pole sell-off. Oh, yeah. but I kind of come to you now and say, oh, you know, hey, Mars, uh, I just want to get a few things for shooters and fishers. Do you mind? If, what would you say to me? You tell me to I nick know. off. Uh, I would probably, yeah. So uh-huh. it's, it puts us in a really bad position, especially here in New South Wales. Look, I certainly hope the two robbers can do great. However, my personal belief is this: I strong, strongly believe that the SFP need fresh blood into the party. They need fresh ideas. They need a constant reliable message uh none of this to and fro up and down on gun rights and so on they need a constant reliable message to tell the electorate and i strongly do believe that they need younger people going up through the ranks they need more 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 ideas more younger people with um a fresh approach if you will robert borsak and brown in the past have done some great things however you know maybe their time to move on is uh, is shortly coming Mm. Anyway, guys, we just wanted to say that. I just wanted to, you know, put that out there. I know it's a, unfortunately a, a bit of a negative segment, but uh, you know we had to talk about it yep. because again, it's not the first time it's happened. I've spoken to Robert. I like Robert. Robert loves you know, a lot of things we love. Wants to repeal the NFA, and then these comments on these media outlets just are totally contradictory to not only what he's told me in the past, um, yep. but what the comments were on Facebook too well, saying I've when have we not plenty of times you know uh, uh, advocate for you know repeal getting rid of registration yeah. repealing the NFA all that stuff and then he comes yeah. on a national yeah. show like this and says that yeah, and I'm thinking oh my god am I he- really hearing yeah. this this I was is a seething. major gap I was seething man I was rang Mars and Mars wouldn't answer I'm like you bastard answer your phone <laughs> I was literally seething and we've been talking about this for the last couple of days going over it and um, 
Anyway, guys, yeah, that's, that's it is what, what it is. is. You know, again, hopefully we can have them on in the future. I mean, advertisement, already spoke to their new campaign manager over the issues, over the email. Again, I can't go into personal emails, but hopefully I can meet with them early next year and after I get back from holidays and have a good discussion with them and, you know, find out where they're at. Because, again, you know, I would have loved them on board. They've honestly missed out on a huge chunk of advertising. Yep. yep. And, again, I wanted to be clear. The, S- the LDP are on because... They were easy to deal with, and they, they they provided the voiceovers you're hearing. They did everything. Uh, in a week and a half, I was running the advertisements. Easy to deal with, but the yeah. other guys didn't get back to me. So it's not nothing I can do about it, guys. So. Yeah. But also, everyone who is a member of the SFP... Yeah, um, like we are, if, we might yeah, add. Yep, yeah, that's right. Um, if you upset by the comments, or if you like the comments, send the SFP an email. Yeah. Tell them how you feel. I mean, if you want the party to change direction, the only way they're going to change is by getting heaps of letters from uh, the members. Yeah. So, guys, you've got to voice your opinions. Let them know what's going on. Let them know how you feel about it. Whether you're happy or unhappy, I'm certainly unhappy. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, I want a consistent message. I mean, if, they, if they're happy with the laws the way they are and that's the way they want to leave them, fine. Promote that consistent message, yeah. right? All the time, not just sometimes, but all the time. And if you're not happy with the laws, you want to repeal the laws, yeah. you want semi autos back in the you. hands of law abiding, then promote that message consist- consistently as well. And have, you don't have to come yeah. out and say, hey, you know, yeah, we want those AK 47s, Andrew. Yeah, oh, I love those. Oh, they rapid fire. We- yeah, you don't have, you <laughs> Again, don't have to be like a redneck, gun ho redneck or anything like that. You could have mentioned New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, again, Canada, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that's the end of the segment. We've got a good segment coming up. This is probably going to let, uh, put on a positive note, actually. This is Mario, again, ringing up, advocating for your <laughs> gun rights again. Um, you won't hear him say that You know these laws are fantastic. You won't hear him say that. I can tell you that. This one was uh, 2GB. This was the, the panel. And it's quite of interesting. I'll say one thing what before. Was it to you, I'll no, tell no, you I don't I, think I so. Let me. Remember. I'm looking here. Maz Vlatko. We've got to. We've got to give credit to, to the right. To, no, sorry, it was two UE. Yeah, the two panel UE. regarding yeah. NRA membership. Now he rang up and spoke to the panel. Spoke about his NRA membership. Now the interesting part I find here. We'll play it first. This is uh, Mars two UE panel. <laughs> A while ago. On the NRA, they finally they did cut him off at the end. But uh, here's what Mario <laughs> had to say. 13 to 2. I'm joined by Susie Yates and Lisa Davies today. 13, 13, 32 is our number. Hello, Mario. Yes, g'day, panel. How are you going? Good. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to um, talk about the um, recent shooting in the United States. And uh, I'm a member of the NRA. And um, You're a member of the NRA in the States? I am. Okay, how does that work, you being here? Well, it's simple. You can get online and you can sign up and you become a member. What benefit does that give you, Mario? Well, uh, personal benefit in terms of uh, knowing about uh, America's gun culture. We get uh, a, a regular publication uh, once a month, and also I do support the, the rights and freedoms of Americans. Mm-hmm. What's it got to do with you? Well, it's got plenty to do with uh, me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a gun owner myself, and uh, right. I do support the people's right to own arms. Are our gun laws here too tough, Mario? Oh, absolutely they are. In what way? Well, I, I think what, what you've got to look at is the idea that uh, somehow you can ban this and ban that and restrict this is going to prevent gun violence. It's, it, it's not a realistic idea. And it, but it has. Well, well, it hasn't. In Australia, uh, it has. Well, we've got gun violence all the time. Um, the problem, the difference is, is not to the scale that it is in the United States, and that's purely because of population difference. So you've got 320 million people in the United States. But we, we haven't had a mass shooting on the scale that we witnessed in America. And this morning's wasn't, mind you, but right. we haven't had a mass shooting like we saw in America every couple of months, be it at a school, 
a similar since Port Arthur. Right, I understand what you're saying, and neither has New Zealand, and they haven't had a, a they, they don't have tough gun laws. Neither has Canada, they don't have tough gun laws. Um, neither. So why does it happen in America? Well, I'm well, intrigued to know why the culture in America has supported that. Well, I think what you have to look at is that this person who committed this crime is obviously a deranged individual, and he's mentally ill, obviously. And it's not a matter of gun laws or gun culture; it's a matter of mental illness, just like Martin Bryant, mentally ill, deranged, deranged. But, but, but we've got a problem with the mentally ill. We don't know if he was mentally ill or not. I must make that point. But well, say a mentally ill person does... It's just, so just hang on, let me finish. Yeah. If a mentally ill person does want to commit a crime like this, if he has easier or she access mm. to weapons, yeah, it's going to be more possible. Right. And I mean, I mean, how are you going to prevent access to weapons? You can get weapons anywhere. I mean, Man Monis did not have a legally mm. owned firearm. He had illegal guns. You can easily get illegal guns if you want to get them. So you can't stop access to weapons. But, it's, but it's not quite as simple as walking down to the local shop and buying one without without checks and balances, though, is it? Well, there is checks and balances in America. Everyone goes for a background check when you buy, when you buy firearms. Okay, just, so, just like Mario, how much better would our lives be, how much better would your lives be here now um, if we had the same policy as America? How much better, would, more enriched would our lives be? Well, we would be free to live our lives as we wish. Not, we are not, free to live our lives as we wish. Well, not, We're not, just not, not free to carry guns down the street not, or have them in our back not, of the car. Not, no, it's not like that. You do not have the right to protect yourself with a firearm in Australia. And how much better would your life be if you did? Well, for example, the statistics of break, break-ins in Australia, um, you've got 40% of the time the person is inside the home. And there's a lot of home invasions in Australia that where I mean you see here about them all the time on the news. And in the United States, the statistics of break-ins in the United States, only about nine percent of the time the person is inside the house because most of the time the criminals are really scared to break into someone's home because they know what's waiting for them. Very few, and now Lisa would know this. Very few of our break-ins are, are really violent. Correct. You know, it's it's just somebody that tiny proportion, and, yes. it, and, it's, and it's unfortunate in a way. I mean, I, I spent a long time in reporting on these areas, but the amount that it gets covered on the news, and it's something that I actually I don't like. And um, you know, like it, when there is a shooting, as minor as it might be, and mm. as and as kind of um, you know, gang-related or whatever, that really is makes it a, a crime that doesn't affect your people. The exposure and the the airtime that that gets on TV and radio news ridiculously um, it throws out of proportion the actual nature of the crimes and how frequent they are. Um, we hear about them so much because they make good good news, don't they? Well, like, well, I mean, well, wake well, up in the morning them. and you hear about a shooting, oh, no, it's terrible. Well, we, we, hear, about them. we hear about them so yeah. much. Not likely. No. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of a lot of the crime in this in this um, city is very, um, uh, you know, yeah. related to certain. Tra- tragically, I do know somebody who was shot dead right. in a robbery. Um, a very famous case mm. um, involved a young boy named Michael Marslu, oh, who I yeah. went to school with. Yeah. He was working in a pizza restaurant in Janelli, and his father Ken has gone on to be one of our mm. leading campaigners mm. against against violence. Um, but I think you're right. A lot of a lot of the gun crime that we hear about is crook sending a warning to another crook. A a drive-by shooting is is dangerous because of who might get caught in the crossfire, of course, but it's a targeted attack on someone that they know that, you know, but unfortunately these people, because they get access to weapons, that's how they choose to... But often they're so dumb that they pick the (laughs) the wrong house or somebody moved out, you know, months and months ago. Thank you for your call, Mario. All right, so um, you heard just there, the interesting part I found about that interview 
was um, they asked about, you know, Mars's NRA membership. You know, what's the benefits of that? Did a pretty good job. And then he said, well, New Zealand don't have those laws. Again, perfect opportunity. Great. You did a good job, man. You did a good. And they were sitting there, especially the chip, were going, okay, yeah. I yep, think, you yep. know, to be honest, Jason, I think they were a little bit stumped. That, yeah, they were. That, that someone actually rang up who's a member of the NRA. I mean, what? Now, the funniest part was at the end, you, basically, they, they, they didn't give you any uh, anything at the end. They right? didn't but want the to continue part, the con- conversation. The interesting part was... When he said, you know, NRA, he said, they're like, oh, okay, yep. Oh, that, you know, the gun laws aren't like that in New Zealand. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, thank you for telling us that, but nah, we're going to go with what we do. <laughs> when they, it was pretty much that's what it was. It was like, yeah, that sounds all great. And, oh, you, okay, we agree you with know you, what's but funny? Uh, no, we're going to go. You know what's funny, Jason? When you actually say, talk to people and you say, no, I, I actually love the NRA. I, I love United States. I love their freedoms. You know what? They look at you and they just don't know what to say. <laughs> they just stumped. They're just thinking, uh... Uh, <laughs> just yeah. stop. They don't know what to say because when you actually uh, speak about it confidently and, and you can explain things for what they are, people just feel like, oh, my God, look, they, they look at you like you're from another planet. <laughs> yeah, so Muzz did a great job again fighting for your rights. I mean, I said, yeah, w- well-spoken, calm, collective, and you heard it. They were going, oh, yep, okay, oh, okay, yep, yep. Oh, no, we're just going to go what we think, <laughs> <laughs> which was towards the end. Well, you know, but no, great job by Mario. I think he did a great job there, again, fighting for your gun rights. He listens to a lot of this stuff, guys. Obviously, I said he rings me and goes, oh, 2GB, talking about gun laws. Ring up, yep. ring up, ring up. And so I ring up, and then you've heard us on previous shows. So great But it job, comes mate. down to Good using job. our freedom of speech, Jason. We've got to use it so many times. Well, we don't really have a freedom of speech. Well, you know, well, the limited freedoms that we have, we've got to use them. Uh, so many times I hear on the radio, gun talk, all the time, you know, especially when something bad happens overseas. There always is gun talk. And sometimes I del- I'm just deliberately not ringing up because I want to see if other people are ringing up. Because I know for a fact there's plenty of gun owners that are listening to that radio show. And I'm thinking, for God's sakes, ring up. I ring can't up. be the only one constantly ringing up because they'll bar me soon. <laughs> <laughs> they got your number on speed. They oh, not this guy again. Yeah, they're going, oh, not this bloke again. Not this so, you know, guy I, I can't, I can't you know, be, be the only one doing it. I mean, you guys, you've got, you got to stand up. You got to, you got to, if you hear them talk rubbish about gun owners, stand up for yourself. Ring them up and uh, rebuke their comments. So, yeah. Chase. All right, this one is uh, this is a good one. This one, you know, where often people take cases to the administrative decisions tribunal or similar. This one, uh, ten news by Jordan Hayne, Thursday, tenth of December. A ban imposed by the firearms registrar. And this is in Canberra to prevent a Canberra man from expanding his collection of nearly eighty guns has been overturned huh. by the good. ACT Civil and Administrative Tribunal, the ACAT. Very similar to the one up here in New South Wales. The ban which prevented the man from holding more than 77 gun licenses, well, that's, I think, gun registrations, but anyway, was imposed by the registrar to limit the size of the man's firearms collection. The man collected, oh, sorry, collection contained 79 guns which were used for sport and held as collector's items. The registrar claimed that the large collection posed a safety concern Mm. because if criminals became aware of the collection, which was stored at the man's suburban home, it would become the target of burglaries. Uh, it was also claimed by the registrar that the man had not provided a good reason to acqu- for the acquisition of this collection. Hmm. But when the man challenged the decision at the ACAT, found the registrar had made a number of errors in imposing the limit and overturned the decision. Fantastic. It found that the collection did not pose a real or direct risk to public safety, and the limit of 77 licenses had been arrived at arbitrarily. 
Based on the number of guns the man was thought to have owned. The tribunal found the man stored the guns in accordance with the law and heard that he did not tell any of the shooters where he lived or tell his neighbours about his firearms in his house. ACAT also found the registrar did not undertake proper considerations in not granting the man's licences for three new guns. The tribunal referred the licensing decisions back to the registrar for further examination. Yep. So again, another one lost, guys, from uh, the registry, you know, not wanting to give out licences. And that story is from... Uh, uh, t- uh, 10 News. 10 News. Uh, 10 okay. news so by Jordan Hain. So, well, uh, a win for common sense. There. You know, this is another one, uh, interesting one too, guys. This was back. Uh, I'm not sure if you read this on my Facebook page. Now, this was from the 14th of October, Mars, 1981. I was wow. only born for about four months. I was born in 81. I was born in April. Uh, it said the gun control hoax. This is in Australia, man. Yep. Bad laws don't protect the community. Firearm owners, beware of the political aspirants of uh, who want to turn the clock back 30 years and reintroduce firearms registration. After a 19-year trial, it was abolished in 1972 on the recommendation of all the party statute law revision committee of the Victorian Parliament. Its abolition was supported by the Victorian Police and the primary producers' organisation. It says registrars want... Uh, sorry, was axed in Victoria because it had no value in preventing or solving crime. It did not stop criminals getting guns. It directed police efforts against the law-abiding citizens away from the criminal. The cost mm. could not be justified. Then it says, responsible sportsmen support effective gun control. We support the shooter's license with some tightening and rationalization of current issuing procedures. Uh, we support the Trespass to Farms Act, and we support the firm crackdown on armed crime. Victorians should not be fooled over registration. Criminals do not register their guns. Firearms registration is irresponsible legislation. There you I go. mean, this was back from 1981. 81. In the, in the age. It's All got you a young blokes. <laughs> yeah, it's, in the, it's in, the, uh, in the age. So, I mean, it just goes to show that the threat you know, yeah. back, in, back in 1981 was uh, as big as it is now. We're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. More and more Australians are being locked out of the bush and the beach. Campers, four-wheel drivers, hunters, fishers and other groups are being excluded from public land or forced to suffer more locked gates. Senator David Lionhelm from the Liberal Democrats has spoken out strongly against these closures and fights for access for all. Visit ldp.org.au and vote one Liberal Democrats. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit SSAAsydney.net. Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to OzGunSales.com. 
We have over 200 registered firearms dealers, Australia-wide, and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including 8 years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Ozguns. Okay, Jason, I've got a story here from Yahoo 7 News back on 26th of the 10th, 2015. Victoria gets 35,000 new guns in one year. This is Excellent. by Angus Livingston. Okay. So, Victoria has uh, one gun for every eight citizens. Good on you, you Victorians. Well done. With 35,000 new guns flooding into the state in the past year, gun control groups say the numbers are frightening. But shooters say the rise... <laughs> The rise is because more people are appreciating shooting as a safe and fun sport. Victoria had 764,000 registered guns in 2014-15, up from 728,000 the previous year. It's a startling number, <laughs> I believe. Watch out. Watch out. It's, a fright- it's a frightening number in terms of increase of licensed guns in Victoria, gun controls, uh, Roland Brown told AAP. <laughs> Roland Brown. Okay, Mr. Brown said gun makers are pushing deals and advertising online in a bid to expand the market. Jeez, God forbid they should advertise their business, Jason. I know, such savages. I know. We are seeing money going into political parties from the importers of guns into Australia in an effort to further relax gun laws to improve their prospects of marketing guns, Mr. Brown said. Well, I certainly hope so. (laughs) But Victorian shooters and fishers... AMP Jeff Borman said this claim did not add up. That's actually nonsensical for the simple reason you can push a deal all you like, but you have to have a license and you have to have a permit to buy a gun, Mr. Borman said. Mr. Borman said the increase in the amount of guns and licenses was driven by a growing awareness of recreational shooting. There are a lot of people who now are seeing through a lot of the hysteria that's presented and finding out that shooting is actually a good, fun and safe sport, he said. Further on, it says Inspector Gavin Dorian manages firearms licensing and enforcement for Victoria Police and says that the gun number is not really the issue. What's the important thing is that the regulatory regime that underpins that, the Inspector Dorian said. Okay, fair enough. Okay, Gun Control Australia wants federal and state governments to look at the increasing number of guns and make some changes. Hmm. Inspector Dorian said con- conversations about regulating new gun technologies. Oh, God. New gun technologies <laughs> such as the Adler rapid fire oh, shotgun are being held around the country. Oh, all that new gun technology, look out. Okay. 130 years, it's been a little longer. Uh, One thing Mr. Brown and Mr. Borman, this is what I find disappointing, Jason. One thing Mr. Brown and Mr. Borman agree on is that Australia does not want a culture of people carrying weapons for protection. We don't have that sort of society. We don't need that, Mr. Borman said. Okay, fair enough. Um, disappointing comments. I think it should be up to the individual, really, because um, what, 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 why? not everyone why lives in uh, leafy Turak. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. What, why is why is self-defense such distasteful to not only some people in the shooting community, but also the non-shooting community? What are the people just going to start shooting? People like, hey, I haven't been to America. Yep. People don't, they're human beings. They and If they're normal people... They don't just want to get into a road rage argument and kill people. No. They're human beings. I don't fact, want to kill anyone. quite the opposite, really. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Nobody wants to... At heart of most people, normal people, 
They don't want to kill anyone. I don't want to kill anyone. It'd be terrible. Can you imagine having to take someone's life regardless of the situation? Exactly. Terrible. It'd have to be pretty severe circumstances. I mean, even while I, while I was in Vegas, I mean, I was, talk- I was saying to my wife, and we were walking past the, you know, all the busy streets and people everywhere. And look, I mean, you can literally, I know roughly there's a lot, there's tens of thousands of uh, concealed carry uh, permit holders yeah. in uh, Nevada, and, there was a one and, and you were literally walking past a gun owner like yeah. every five minutes. Yeah. You know, and, like and, and it was no they issue. Find distasteful too is people say, well, you know, Obama's the president. He's got he's got all the assault weapons. He's got they're all carrying pistols. He's got a full entourage of armed people. People say, well, you know, oh, but he's the president. Well, if I said to you, what about you, Mars? Do you think do you think Obama's life's worth more than yours to your family? I mean, I think uh, human life is the same value. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't really. matter who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them might go, "Well, it's Obama." He, no, <laughs> I mean, to, to to Mars's family, his kids and his wife, he's more important than Barack Obama. You know, well, to them, they, you are. <laughs> to them, you are. You know what I mean? Well, look. Anyway, we don't want to get bogged down in all this talk because yeah. um, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the show. Jason, yep. go ahead. Here we go. Uh, this one's an older one, but I thought it was very important. This is back from May two thousand and fifteen, twelfth uh, of May twenty fifteen. Skynews.com.au uh, out of Melbourne. Here we go. Vic thieves, Vic gun thieves, eavesdrop on cops. This is again another mm. another cross for registration. Criminals uh, listening to Victorian police conversations on analogue radios are tracking firearms, safety officers, and breaking into their homes. Th- they visit to steal the guns. So basically what's happening is, right, they're going to a, a house, calling back to base, saying, hey, guys, at this address to do a safe storage gun inspection. Guess what? Next week it gets robbed. It says, Acting Chief Commissioner Tim Cartwright said an upgrade of the radio system now is on its way. Was much needed. Well, <laughs> you idiot. I think it's very much well, needed. What's needed is the abolishing of the registry. Yeah. <laughs> this was the greatest threat to operational safety of our members. So they're not talking about the operational safety of gun owners. Yeah. They're worried about the police. They don't care about yeah, you. They don't care about you, <laughs> right? Uh, particularly in rural Victoria. He told a public accounts and estimates committee on Tuesday, firearm safety officers had to stop telling the operations room uh, where they got out of their cars to check on secured guns because soon after the visit, we would have the property burgled, he said. Police Minister... I can't even believe it goes to this. Police Minister Wade Noonan said the government had provided $11.5 million to upgrade the rural radio system with Victoria Police finding a further $23.8 million. Then it gets worse again by saying, well, that, that part was actually good. It would be good to update the system. Mr. Noonan also said police officers were now patrolling in pairs to reduce the, thrisk, uh, so reduce the threat of a terror attack. Mm. Well, okay. Uh, interim safety arrangements, which have been made in place for six weeks, mean single officer patrols are no longer allowed. So we, we went on to talking about police you know, giving away gun owners' details, basically over a, a system anybody could be listening to, mm. uh, and then saying, oh, well, they're not going out in groups now because they're terrorists, because our members are, uh, you know, the police, obviously members being the police, are uh, uh, have operational safety threats. Well, yep. what about our lives? What about our people getting my firearms stolen, damage to our property, tens yep. of thousands worth of guns stolen? Yep. Stupid just, and ridiculous. And just going on from that story, Jason, unfortunately... Another reason look- to abolish it. Another reason to abolish, yes, unfortunately, look, we'd love to depend on our police, and we generally do, but look, we, they can't we, be everywhere. Got, they can't be everywhere, and we have to be real. Police are just human beings like anyone else. They're susceptible to corruption, to all sorts of things, and that leads me into this next story, uh, and it's just extraordinary story, really, and this is from The Telegraph uh, back in November the 3rd, uh, 2015, so this yeah. year, just only a month ago. A uh, month and a bit to go. So, murder weapon. This is the headline. Murder weapon was lost by cops. Okay. So, here we go. I'll just read a bit of this. A gun used in a 2002 murder was found in the hands of criminals 10 years after it was seized by police. 
and supposedly destroyed. It's extraordinary. And this is by Mark Morey uh, in The Telegraph. The new, and it goes on to say, the New South Wales Police Integrity Commission is investigating how the firearm, which was seized for the second time uh, during a raid in, Sydney, in a Sydney home in March 2013, remained in circulation after having been in police possession. The incident comes after PIC investigators uncovered a separate plot by a serving female officer to help her ex-partner break into New South Wales police station and steal a number of service weapons. It's just extraordinary. So anyway, and then it goes on to say here when police go bad, uh, the PIC is currently investigating 10 cases of alleged misuse of authority by police officers for benefit, including sexual favours, five uh, five of officers supplying uh, drugs, four into illegal use of drugs, and five into alleged bribery offences by police. In one instance, several officers are accused of engaging in criminal activity with members of an outlaw motorcycle gang. It is alleged that one of the officers provided confidential information to the gang. It's just unbelievable. unbelievable yeah. And this could be uh, all sorts of things, you know, from... You know, other poli- uh, details of other police officers' whereabouts to details of your gun collection to to anything, really. It's just unbelievable. So, look, guys, uh, unfortunately, uh, the registry fails us uh, many times. And unfortunately, you know, we can't rely on every police officer being a straighty 180. Some do go bad. And if they, if they go bad and they get their hands on your details or if they're one of the guys that have been inspecting your whereabouts you're safe and all that stuff well then uh, too bad for you there's not you know nothing really you can do about it and Mm. and that's the state of affairs it's unfortunate but you know that's that's the risk that we run yes here we go now here's an interesting one too abc.net.au saturday 21st of november 2015 robust gun laws diverse culture reduced risk of terror attacks in australia says michael keenan He's the uh, Justice Minister. Federal Justice Minister Michael Kinnan says it is unlikely that Australia would suffer a terror attack similar to those carried out in Paris last week. <laughs> Honestly, if you, you heard this guy I've talk, never he talks any, like uh, a big girl. Look, for I've never heard anything more nonsensical right. and idiotic than that. <laughs> Mr. Keenan cited Australia's gun laws and diversity as strengths against terror threat. Uh, the Sydney siege, the Parramatta shootings. Seriously. And let's not forget, right, if they were see Paris and that, that was planned. Those guys mean business. They mean business. Oh. Someone here eventually. It's sad to say this, guys, but it could happen. Yeah, it's gonna. Ha- it will happen here at some stage. We I, just don't you know, know what, Jason. When. I still like to say it could happen. Yeah, I don't. Right, I, I, I don't like to say it's gonna happen. I, I'm. I'm yeah, if man, I'm optimistic. I'd like to think that we can do without that. I certainly hope. If man, for the sake of my children though, and Mars. everyone else's children, I hope we can do without that. But uh, unfortunately, you know. If Man Monas was serious, he would have shot all those people in that room, mate. Oh, no mate. Question. The, 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 the could Parramatta have shooter would have gone in there and shot more than just Curtis Chang. He would have just shot until he was empty and then reloaded and kept shooting. Exactly. But, you know, anyway. you know, he could have gone right into the police station and shot a lot more people. Who knows? Yep. Uh, so anyway, so I said, Mr. Kennan cited Australia gun laws as diversity and strength against the terror threat. He told Sky News uh, the combination meant it would be very difficult to perpetrate something like we saw in Paris here in Australia. He's an idiot, this guy. Oh, Dead set goose. Uh, we manage our diversity in Australia better than anywhere in the world, and part of the process is going through and strengthening our anti-terror laws. Uh, that ha- has been the reassurance to the Muslim community and working very closely with them. It would be very hard to get those sorts of weapons here in Australia. Well, we just found the other day with Tommy guns, <laughs> oh. uh, fully automatic weapons in their SKSs, cars. Yep, 30 the round kit. magazines, the whole lot. So, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, look, they're everywhere. Kenan's kidding himself, and I think pretty much he's trying to speak to the 
people in the middle who don't care really either way. They're just uh, quite happy to hear reassuring words that aren't actually true anyway. But, it's just ridiculous. Then yeah. he says, Mr. Keenan said, although security agencies could not rule out mass terror attack in the future, well, that's what he just said. Yeah. The gun laws yeah. are good, so it's not going to happen. He said it's not going to anyway. happen. Australia had the advantage of being able to track who was entering the country. There's a big challenge in Europe at the moment that we don't have, he said. There's a significant movements, literally hundreds of thousands of people moving around Europe in an uncontrolled way. So I guess he's trying to push, you know, border control, I guess. Well, like yeah. I said, you know, like I said to Mars, even, you know, I don't want to get onto it, but like you know, with the uh, Syrian refugees coming in, whether you, you agree with it or you don't, what is if you had to say, let's say 1% of them are bad? Yep. That could be 120 people that potentially could cause trouble for us. Exactly. You know, what do you do? Anyway, that's a topic for oh, another look, day. It's a topic for another day. Definitely we need strong screening. I mean, if anyone even remotely smells that he could be part of some sort of group or whatever, you certainly wouldn't let him in. And I mean, you wouldn't let him into your own house, let alone the country. But yeah. but the point is, is that... As, soon as, you, as to, soon as you ask the people that agree with bringing them in, well, you know, how about we have a system where, even what's like Lionhelm said, well, you take them in, they're not available for any... You know, uh, assistance, financial assistance for you know seven to ten yeah, years. Exactly, they've got to work. Yeah, let them come to your house. If they don't, if you kick them out or that doesn't happen for them, they'll be shipped back. All of a sudden, everyone's very, very quiet. No, 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 it's not my problem. The government should be doing something I know, about I know. it. It's just I know, ridiculous. but anyway, going back to Minister Keenan's uh, comment, he's got to be absolutely kidding himself, really. I mean, they can't even find the ten rocket launchers or however many were stolen from an army base. Yeah, I mean, they're missing. Who knows where they are? Two, uh, an estimated 260 to 300,000 guns not handed in after the buyback, 1996 buyback. All, uh, I'm assuming the vast majority of them are you know, semi-auto firearms, high-capacity magazine uh, firearms. And then you've got, of course, the constant amount of guns that are coming into the country via illegal imports, Jason. Then you've got the backyard guys who are making really good firearms. I mean, like Mac-10s, Uzi-style, semi-automatic submachine guns and all that. They're making them. So anyone who thinks that these terrorist organizations cannot get their hands on deadly weapons, I mean, they're absolutely deluded. They're kidding themselves. Yep. Of course they can. These people who are in the know, who know these um, if it does uh, gangs, happen, I all these criminal, yeah, all, who, who know all these gangs, these criminal organizations, they know these people and they can get their hands on virtually anything. And if you think they can't, well, you're kidding yourself. So Michael Keenan, uh, seriously, mate, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, if you're listening to him talk, he sounds like very effeminate. You know what I mean? Interesting fellow, you know what I mean? But anyway, we've got three more things before we finish off. A quick one. Laurie Levy, Coalition Against Duck Shooting, was in court today, I think it was. We're recording this podcast on the 16th of December. And uh, he's been banned from the wetlands for six months. So that'll do him from the next duck season, Good. unfortunately. It should have been really a life ban. Uh, you know, he's a constant serial pest, that idiot. Yeah. If you know I've had him on, on my show, I think it was episode 19. I can't remember. Check out the initial ones. You'll find it. Uh, next topic is, well, this one's a very interesting one. Army soldier gets charged for training in the park with a metal oh, pipe yes. weapon. Young yes. guy um, training, I think it was up in Queensland, I think. Uh, basically, someone he's running around training in army camps. Someone's called the cops thinking he had a gun. Everything's yeah. in lockdown. They finally get over there. It's an army, one of our army personnel, just doing some training in his off time. Yep. Probably not the smartest move to be carrying what yep. looked like was a gun. Don't get me wrong. But once they found out what it was, that should have been it. Uh, police have decided now to charge said person with basically public nuisance. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is just absurd. Oh, look, it's, there's two sides of the story here. Like, I mean... I mean Listen, I understand people calling. Right. Yeah. When I would have got there, I said, mate. First of all, the bloke should have realised 
that the country is gunphobic, right? <laughs> I mean, if you don't know the country is gunphobic by now, you haven't been listening to too much news. So, you know, considering that, you wouldn't bring out something like that in public and start training with it because eventually someone's going to, you know, call the cops on you. Uh, but on the other side, look, the guns shouldn't, I mean, the country shouldn't be gunphobic. Army yeah. personnel should be able that. to proudly walk the streets in their uniforms. Yeah. And you know what? They should be able to proudly walk the streets with a sidearm. I see nothing wrong with that. I mean, they're our military personnel. They're the ones who protect our country. If we can't, tr- oh, hang on, hang if we on. can't trust them with guns, hang on. <laughs> you know? am, I, am I allowed to do that? No, you're not. Why and not? Not at the moment. But you certainly aren't going to be allowed to do it so if the on, army aren't allowed you, to do you, it. If the army was doing it, would you support my right to do it? I, I support your right to do it now. <laughs> but my <laughs> point is, I know, I know. But my point is, is that. I mean, these are people that we trust with firearms to defend the country, right? And the advice they get given is, oh, no, don't walk in public with your uniform. Take your uniform off. You might cop an attack. Mate, all this, I would have just said to All this, this pacifist nonsense. I mean, we've got to start standing up for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, our army personnel should, shouldn't have to cower in fear because they're you know, wearing a uniform. They should be proud of their uniform. They should be walking the streets with that uniform whenever they want. And they, and they should have the right to be armed. Yeah. I mean, just like all police officers, whether you're on duty or not, should have the right to be armed whenever whenever they want to. Because at the end of the day, you never, you really never stop being a police officer. You're a police officer. Well, you still when you go home, you're still a police officer. Yeah. And as soon uh, as I figured out what happened, that would have been it for me. So, mate, this is pretty silly. Yeah. But you know, you're an look. Up- he, he done the wrong thing. Yeah, but he done the wrong thing, and, and it was not only that. This guy's fighting for our country, mate. Yep. You yep. know what a disgrace from the police. I mean, so, sorry, I believe some of the police are definite mental cases. Mm-hmm. The ones that are pushing this to try and charge this guy, you're yep. a mental case. There's yep. something wrong with you because obviously, yeah, okay, it was a bit of a mistake. What law has he actually broken? What law? What public nuisance? You're really going to waste time yep. in court, public nuisance? I want to listen. Silly move. Slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. You yep. know, next time, you know, make sure it's orange or something or something like that. You know, train in your. your you know, your PT gear, your, your personal training gear, yes, train yes. in some, you know, make sure it's orange, you know what I mean? Fair enough, I don't blame the general public for calling. I probably would have too in that situation. But, you know, I've got a set of eyes too. I probably would have realised it was a piece of metal. Yeah. So perhaps people should go to spec savers as well when they're actually looking at these things. But if they generally couldn't tell, okay. But to try and push this in court ridiculous man yeah i think it's a ridiculous. bit of a low and it sets a, a bad a low example blow for police it sets a bad example with a bad relationship between the adf and the police and this is what we spoke about before about the fractured relationship between gun owners and the police we should be working together with the police they should be yeah. on our side they should be advocating for my rights not this totalitarian we're in control you do as we say because let's be honest everyone knows that hang on the police ministers and the police commissioners have way too much say than they should Way yeah, too yeah, much that's right. But should. I think to be fair, Jason, the average the buck stops with them. Yeah, the average cop on the beat actually, I think, probably does believe in the right to self-defense. Well, no, I don't know, man. I think I think they do. The, the vast majority of ones I do uh, that I speak to uh, do. Uh, so uh, I don't know if that's indicative of the, uh, I guess, well, large. I wonder of police who would have officers. pushed these 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 thing to charge this guy. I mean, not only that, our ADF personnel, someone's fighting for our country. Got, got, I know, I know. Got, got no respect from the police whatsoever. We're going to charge you regardless whether you're civilian idea. Who cares? You know. We're, I mean, we're really, making a scene. really. If I'm if I'm in the police officer's shoes, there, I'd give the guy a big slap on the wrist and say, "Mate, you shouldn't do that stuff in public." And on your way, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, let, the guy, let, this let, is a guy who fights for our country, and he's getting charged now. Public nuisance! You know, what a waste of time anyway, and money that is. It's a, it's, anyway, we've it's unfortunate. 
We hope everyone has a uh, great Christmas. Yes, absolutely. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed today's show. It's our pre-Christmas special. I'm probably not, probably not going to be another podcast until the oh, probably sometime after the 20th of January, guys. Gonna have, I'm going to have a great holiday. I've got no gear to do podcasts and, and no place to edit them. So I'm going to have a good four-week holiday away from my full-time job. I know Muzz is very busy this week as well. So I know you hope you guys uh, have a good Christmas as well. Everyone enjoys themselves. You know, as I said, we've got coming up um, Keston Green, talk about um, science and the the effects of legislation, which I think is going to yep. be awesome. We've got Daniel Young. Uh, geez, we've got heaps coming up. I mean, lo- I've got a lot of stuff planned too. Um, hopefully you guys just enjoyed um, Hunting with a Disability with Clyde Thomas. That was a good one too. Ricky Muir we just had. Um, you know, So the only podcast in Australia, sort of straight shooting, give it to you the way it is, not trying to sugarcoat anything. No. And again, like we said, anyone that says anything good, we'll say it. Anything bad, yep. we'll tell you as well. It's not personal to anyone. Uh, it's just simply. We didn't get to, to my comments on Ricky Muir, Jace. We'll save that for the next show. Yeah, Muzz, um Yeah, did you tell me what your comments were? I'm not sure, but oh well, I can go through the breakdown of the interview, but I'll save that for <laughs> we'll next show, guys. Next because show. I mean, this show goes. I mean, me and Jason could just talk forever. This show just goes for long enough as it is, and yep. I know you guys uh, do appreciate some of the things we say. However, we need to keep it uh, to to you know a reasonable time frame. We don't want to get bogged down with too much stuff and uh look i'd like to personally wish all you guys a, a fantastic and safe, shooting safe christmas um hunting be safe on the roads guys okay when you're driving around there's going to be a lot of traffic so just be safe on the roads stick to the speed limits make sure your cars are in good working order if you are going hunting this uh, time of year and i don't know too many guys that do jason because to be honest it's, quite, it's just too hot <laughs> it's just <laughs> my I, body I doesn't go on the heat body, no <laughs> mine either i'm even but, a new zealand man no humidity no snakes sounds great to <laughs> i me. know so i mean a lot of the guys do go hunting during the summer and for those that, are, that, that do good luck uh, with your hunting make sure you follow the laws abide by all the uh, firearms regulations and safe storage and all that we don't want anyone to get pinged for anything like that so yeah guys um, have a fantastic new year a great christmas enjoy your hunting uh, enjoy your family be safe and uh, as we always say jason uh this is the straight shooting podcast my name is jason selms and i'm Ari vladka see you guys next time you've just been educated and this is the australian hunting podcast thanks for listening see you next time